Hello and welcome to another episode of The Only Playbook. I am Sweetcar. I got Shashot and Shovit. It is Tuesday. We are recapping week 14. This is the 28th episode of the season already, guys. How are we doing? Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> Playoffs. Dude, that's, great. that's on everybody's mind, right? Yeah. That gif. What's his name? Jim Mora. Jim Mora. Jim Mora? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, big week. Big week. Uh, some fantasy te- leagues started their playoffs. We have playoffs starting next week. Our our league is one week matchup. My other league is two week matchup. It's all yeah. fucking all over the place. God, I um, I, I squeaked into the playoffs uh, to on a as a six seed in both my other leagues. Really? Fucking barely made it. As, as a seven and seven on in both leagues. Yeah, that's like literally yeah. my Jeez. situation in, in our league. Oh, seven and seven in one league after going one and six, and yeah. then uh, yeah, our league. You know, in yeah. that's funny. Place. That's that's exact Dude, opposite of me. So all both of all three of us are in the playoffs in mm-hmm. all of our leagues. Yeah. Yes. That's some Crazy. goddamn credibility for our <laughs> podcast, baby. Let's go. Yep. That's fucking awesome. Um, but then again, like, what, what is new, though? Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm just fine. Nobody <laughs> else knows about that, but we talk about track records all day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, ESPN app actually updated. A, uh, you can go back and look at your uh, old stats and stuff now. Oh, right? Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. I was, I was just sitting there just masturbating, <laughs> looking at all those things. It was amazing. 2013, 2014. <laughs> Dude, damn. Yeah, I could spend hours looking at that, seeing yeah. who my teams were. Um, but yeah, important, important week. So much shit happened in the NFL. Uh, again, appreciate all the support, guys. If you guys enjoy our content, please like, subscribe, tell your friends. Um, YouTube, Apple, Google, Anchor, Spotify, uh, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. We're at the only playbook everywhere except Twitter at only playbook. Uh, get the up to date injury updates and everything you need on Twitter. Um, otherwise, again, we appreciate the support. You guys liking and interacting with all of our social media help spread the word. So, uh, again, appreciate all the support so far. Shashot, we have playoffs coming up in our league. There are so many goddamn injuries here. Um, take it away, man. Yeah. Um, first things first, COVID is taking over the world Dude. by storm right now. Yeah. It's winter time. It's like the 76 it strain. Is, it's officially COVID season. Like, it, it oh, has man. begun. So, it's it's going to get worse. It's just going to get worse and worse all the way till July. Um, so yeah, prepare accordingly. If you have, um, you know, this is like, if you don't have your handcuffs, you better freaking go get your handcuffs. You got to drop the freaking, um, you know, uh, if you might even have to drop like, uh, let's say a Cole Beasley or Emmanuel Sanders, like holding on to just in case something happens to Diggs, or, you know, like, uh, players that you don't have in your roster that you're holding on to drop those players for players that can back your own roster up. Then yep. that way you have hundred percent security. Rather than if your player gets hurt and you have someone else backup, but his backup is playing or his starter is playing, then you have no use for that backup and you just got screwed and you're yeah. bye bye. You're not. Gonna I've hurt. got handcuffs that need handcuffs. Like, yeah, yeah like Madison. honestly, yeah, Madison. We got Williams, uh, both all out for like COVID issues and things like that. Yeah. So need to know who these guys are to get are. Yeah. So, no, you're bringing up a great point, right? It's like at this point, if playoffs have started, you have what two or three weeks max. Yeah. If you know for a fact there's a guy on your bench that you're just not going to start during right. playoffs, drop his ass. Right. Yeah. There's no, there's no, no, there's no, need there's to, literally no need. Yeah. Cause COVID's going to be like, you're going to have a game on Monday and you're going to have one tight end playing like Higby. That's what happened to Higby yesterday. Uh, because a lot of people had Higby last person playing. They needed two points from him. They went to bed all <laughs> secure. He ended up not even playing cause he got COVID three hours before the game. Dude, that's why. So then, you know, they're screwed. They just officially got screwed. So you got Those are the things you got to prepare for. Cause you can't let just things happen. But anyways, let's jump into this stuff. I, this, this list is a lot smaller than the last couple of days. Um, this is an updated list from yesterday and then I've made some changes, but this week, um, 
we're going to be in town. We're not going anywhere. There's no weddings. Nope. So expect a lot of updates on Twitter because uh, the last two weekends have been insane. Yeah. We haven't even been able to be in th- this city. So, um, okay, here we go. So Madison was actually unvaxxed. Looks like a lot of the Vikings are unvaxxed. 62% uh, vaccination rate, as we discussed early in the season. Um, so he's not going to play for 10 games. So if Dalvin Cook's shoulder, something happens to it, you got to have Keening Wangu Wangu season ready oh, to go. God. So, yeah, so he's definitely going to miss until the last game of the playoffs. Um, Lamar Jackson, not a high ankle sprain. So he should be playing, but then again, he's banks on his le- he, he banks on his legs, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if you have Taysom Hill right now and you have Lamar Jackson, you're playing Taysom Hill, right? There's no, there's no debate there. Um, so, yeah, to take what that's worth, uh, it's going to get updated later in the week. But he's a running quarterback. so you know, And he's already looked so bad the last four weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, it is what it is. You're not going to be playing him if you have other options, like a Dak Prescott or, you know, other things. Um, Kareem Hunt, high ankle sprain, unlikely to play Saturday. Dear Ernest Johnson, go grab him. Uh, if you're son this and you're not listening, <laughs> sucks to be you because I'm going to make sure he's on my team. Um, James Conner, ankle MRI today. The MRI results haven't come out at the moment this podcast is being recorded. Um, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Apparently he just, it was the last play of the game. So we couldn't even see what exactly happened. Um, but he just kind of got an ankle sprain and, um, he didn't play the rest of the game cause there was nothing to play. <laughs> the game was, um, over. <laughs> yeah. So D- Hopkins also got a new injury. That one seems a little bit more severe. Uh, we also don't have the results for that. We should be getting all this in tomorrow. Uh, Damian Harris is rehabbing from a hamstring. He was limited today. Um, yesterday he didn't practice. So, um, yeah, looks like um, again, it's on this. If you're listening, to this, Stevenson, <laughs> make sure make sure you got the backups ready, which he doesn't for either of these guys. So hopefully they're both out for a little. Don't bit you place on this? Yeah, yeah. So he's definitely not listening. So you're like yeah. you're giving him all these so insights, like, but, but we like, know he doesn't. But we know listen. he's not going to listen to yeah, us. So that's all right. But anyways, uh, Elijah Midler, uh, he can return for the last two games of the season. Elijah Mitchell. Or Elijah Mitchell. Sorry, yeah. I guess my autocorrect ruined. This. Yeah. But anyways. Um, the reason I even bring this up is because he's a dynamic player and he might be a good flex spot the last two weeks. And a lot of people have dropped him. He, he's, his uh, ownage percentage has dropped by like 30%. So if you want to be one of those guys, pick him up. Yeah, because, I mean, he was an IR. And it's yeah. this late in the season. Mm-hmm. Some people's playoffs started last week. He might not be in time. But our playoffs, we still get two weeks of Elijah Mitchell. A lot of people dropped A.J. Brown. You know, So yeah. these are the kind of players that you kind of just kind of got rid of in your mentally. Uh, but then they might come in and do something in your flex spot. So, yeah, pick them up if you can. Michael Carter likely returning this week. Uh, most likely, very likely, probable going to play. Uh, DJ Moore, day-to-day with his hamstring injury. He had a little bit of connection with uh, Cam there. Made some crazy catches, but too bad half of those were out of bounds. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, DJ Moore back to fantasy relevance looking like. We'll see. Um, Justin Fields, he has a left-hand contusion now. It just gets... He just keeps coming up with new and new injuries, uh, but it is a left hand, so that should not change anything except for just a snap. Um, Mac Jones is limited with a sore thumb on his throwing hand. Uh, all that throwing he did, you know, yeah, all those three <laughs> passes, three <laughs> passes, three attempts. God, <laughs> yeah, man, his jersey was like clean. Yeah, <laughs> he had like no spots on his jersey. His arm is sore only in one motion, and it's this because of all the handoffs. <laughs> yeah, they're probably just grabbing yeah. his finger. Yeah. Come on, running backs, watch out. Forearm soreness. <laughs> but yeah, he's got a sore thumb and he's limited, but he should be fine. Uh, Miami backs, all three backs that are actively rostered, all have COVID. <laughs> Um, so now Malcolm Brown should be activated a little early. They also upgraded uh, Duke Johnson, who's been journeyman wow. all season long. Uh, they activated him to the active roster. So it should be a Malcolm Brown and Johnson show this weekend. But they were uh, the Gas- Gaskin and gang were diagnosed with COVID a little bit earlier than that window, and I think they're all vaccinated. So they could come back Saturday. Okay. So it should be okay. 
Uh, Eckler wouldn't have practiced yesterday, uh, but they didn't have a practice. Um, today, he was limited. He's just sore, apparently. I looked at the, I looked this up in, on multiple different areas. They all said there's nothing to be concerned about. He's just sore. Um, Kadarius Tony is also on the COVID list. This guy is trying to get like the bingo card of all the reasons. Oh Every injury you, possible. You can't play this year. Yeah, like he's just finding ways to not be on the field. That's okay, though, because this gives him a bad, uh, you know, uh, end of season uh like how Stats. people how people perceive yeah, him perceive, is going to yeah. be yeah. really buy low yeah. stock. There's and a then lot of value. He's going to be like the yeah. next Deontay Johnson if he yeah. can stay healthy. Uh, Josh Gordon on the COVID list. Uh, he is vaxxed. I, I don't even know why this is relevant. But that's because he scored a touchdown last week. Um, but anyways, they tr- they try to throw him the ball a lot um, later in the game because they have the game secured. Um, Tony Pollard. He should play now. He had the plantar fasciitis. Um, but I think he should play. They, they said he was very close to playing even that game. That's wild. So, even um, with that tear? It must be a minor tear. Yeah. Probably a small tear. Um, it is a Giants, though, so he could get out of hand and he could just take over. So, again, on this, if you're listening, <laughs> get his backup. <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders has a knee injury, should be out. Nothing to worry about there. No one's going to start him this late in the season, but deeper leagues, you may. David Johnson is now the official running back uh, for the Texans. He's activated off of the COVID list. Um, and there's talks now that they're unhappy with Rex Burkhead's uh, usage. So um, again, this is uh, we're at the li- we're, we only have one more thing to say. So it just gets worse and worse as we're finishing up the injury report. But yeah, uh, you're, no one's going to be starting David Johnson. Yeah. These are all just speculations. If you have to start him, you start. Imagine him. not being happy with Rex Burkhead. Like I mean, <laughs> like like how how can you even come to that conclusion without bad? Like, but why is that where they're pointing? Not sure, man. It's probably <laughs> so the 1.7 yards per carry, but again, like the, where do you see like even every run? running back's done the same yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, it uh, looks like they're going with David Johnson now. Um, and then uh, Josh Allen has a foot sprain and he's day to day. Some places said it's a turf toe issue, oh. which would be a lot worse. Um, but yeah, e- either one, fo- foot sprain or a turf toe, those are b- both bad for a running quarterback. Um, again, we have no no updates on this today. Mitch Trubisky gets a start. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Carries them. They win the Super Bowl. Wow. Wow. In three years. They decided to run the ball more now and not use Josh yeah, Allen. They, they, didn't oh, wow. <laughs> they didn't even they didn't even run the ball once in the whole first, first half. half. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. But anyways, that is the injury update list. Just stay tuned on Twitter for like what Monday or sorry, Wednesday's updates. And then Thursday, we're not gonna be recording because we're gonna go watch Spider Man. Uh so we're gonna be tweeting then too, but then uh, we'll have all the latest updates on our next podcast. If you don't want to go on Twitter, you can make sure we'll have it up on Friday. Yep. At Only Playbook on Twitter, guys. Turn on the notifications. It does help. Um, let's jump into it. The games this weekend, starting with the first game on Sunday, big divisional game. The Baltimore Ravens travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns. Lamar Jackson was slated to start this game. He did start this game. He played like seven snaps, and then he got hurt, carted off the field. Browns took advantage, win the game 24-22 to final. Ravens actually cover the three-point dog spread over under 42.5. The over slightly hits. Um, this actually became a closer game after Lamar Jackson went out. Yeah. Lamar Jackson doppelganger comes in and... Dude, that was one of the best runs of the year. That looks, one yeah. run was insane. From left to right From to right, left. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, it was wild. You, yeah. if it, if whoever's listening, please go watch that run because that was the best run by a quarterback. Like, it was like third and twenty, and he got like 
twelve yards, I think, out Something of that. Like but that. but it was crazy. Should other crazy. teams be looking at Tyler Huntley as a possible like, hey, no. why why shouldn't we think about this guy? I don't think so. No, he's perfect for Lamar's backup <laughs> as a backup. <laughs> yeah. He does everything Lamar does, just slightly yeah. worse. Yeah. yeah, this game was a, basically like a tale of two halves, right? So the Cleveland Browns scored just enough in the first half to to win the game because mm-hmm. I don't think they had any score. I don't think they scored in, in the second in half. The second yeah. half. Um, so. And, and Baker Mayfield played efficient in the first half, actually. So his uh, stats were – he went 14 of 16 for uh, 126 yards and two touchdowns. So yeah. he did just enough for them to kind of get ahead in the game. And even towards the end, the Ravens still had a chance to come back and win the game. Um, I think it, it was uh, a sack or something. The Huntley – something happened with Huntley that he didn't – he wasn't able to produce, um, you know, late in the game, and, and they, they ended up losing it. Um, but you got to like what you saw from the Browns in the first half. If they can kind of con- continue that um, throughout the game, then they have a better yeah. chance against stronger teams. I, I remember – for me, I remember talking to her last week that the only way the Browns can win this game is if the defensive ends go ham. And what did the defensive ends do? They went ham. They just sacked the hell out of the Ravens, got an injury on Lamar Jackson. It was a sack from overturn for a touchdown. They basically played the best football they could. And um, knowing what uh, the uh, the rest of the offense is capable of, the defense really had to step it up to beat the Ravens. And this is exactly what happened. Uh, the Lamar Jackson injury was huge, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. it was huge. Um, so, yeah, it was just perfect game script. Everything worked out perfectly for the Browns to win this game. If the Browns had lost this game after Huntley came in, which was uh, – the beginning of the second quarter. So Lamar Jackson played the whole first quarter, and then uh, he was not able to play after the first snap in the second quarter. If the Browns had lost this game, then they they were just done. Like then you could just bury them at this point. Can't can't beat a thir- backup for like three quarters. Um, but yeah, that's respectable win by the Browns from a defensive standpoint. Offense again, it's kind of like the Viking situation. You can't just you can't just not score in the second half. Like you got to keep right. up. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Twenty four points in the first half with ease. Right. And then all of a sudden you just take your foot off the gas and you let somebody who is not a starting quarterback in the NFL bring you back. Like you mentioned, Shisho, big big game for obviously Miles Garrett had a sack. Jadavion Clowney had a sack and a half. Uh, two QB hits from Clowney as well. They both had three tackles. So uh, big game from the ends, creating pressure. And with Huntley and Jackson being similar quarterbacks, a lot of times they like to run out. So with these defensive ends coming in, that's where you're seeing a lot of not knowing where to go. There's not a lot of creases in the middle, and then that's how they produce those sacks. So QB contain really, really worked for the Browns. Um, again, the Browns are now 7-6. and six. They are still close in that playoff right. race. Right. Um, as are the Ravens, right? I think that division is now one game away. Exactly. So the if the you know they the, they need to beat out the Ravens in order to get the number one spot, but it's close. I mean, Bengals are there, Steelers is also there in in the fourth seed. Believe it or not, a game and a half back from the Ravens. So um, it's definitely up for grabs for the number one spot there. Um, real quick, fantasy pr- things. Real quick, Devonta Freeman has definitely solidified the starting running back role there. Mm-hmm. We have Murray just vulturing away. <laughs> one well, carry, one yard, one touchdown. Yeah. And uh, Mark Andrews probably solidified the number two tight end in fantasy role now, right? Like with Ky- with uh, yeah. Kelsey not scoring a touchdown the last four weeks and Kittle just being the number one scorer in back-to-back weeks. Number mm-hmm. one fantasy scorer. We're yeah. not even talking just tight ends. So Kittle's going crazy. Mark Andrews is the next closest thing to that. Um, and then we'll talk about the Chiefs when we get to the Chiefs game. But from a fantasy perspective, um, some of the things are pretty clear now. It's just Devonta Freeman there. They're not going to mess around with it. There was like a trifecta, quadfecta of running yep. backs. But now they're just going Freeman. And when Freeman needs a breather, which is closer to the goal line, they're going to go with Murray to vulture those touchdowns. Yeah. Shout out to Rashad Bateman. He had seven for 103. I think his best game of yeah, the year dude. on eight targets. Those are some sick catches. Dude, he's got hands. And he goes up and gets those. That back shoulder one, the timing yeah. one where he mm-hmm. just stopped and the, yeah. uh, the cornerback kind of went forward and he made a 
that made that adjustment. He looked really, really impressive. So uh, he had that connection with Huntley. So you just really, really hope that he can build that connection with Lamar Jackson because Lamar desperately needs an outside receiver that can do that. So uh, good for them. They have a tough game next week. They got to play the Packers. So the Ravens need to stack up wins. Browns get a, uh, an easier matchup. They are at home against the Raiders, who have looked really, really messy here the last couple of weeks. So um, again, that division is probably going to come down to that final week. So uh, should be a wild ride. We'll talk about the playoff contentions there at the end of the episode. Take it to Tennessee, where the Titans were hosting the Jaguars this week. Titans take care of business. 20 nothing this one they're now nine and four jags dropped to two and eleven urban meyer just continues to stay say stupid ass shit makes no sense how that guy is still the head coach there um titan tennessee covers eight and a half point spread under 43 and a half hits i mean the jaguars scoring zero points is literally the epitome of the jaguars this year <laughs> yeah not surprised not surprised that and trevor lawrence's four interceptions <laughs> not surprised there either no. yeah not surprised all these things not surprising me is the reason i started the tennessee titans defense and 19 points was beautiful in two out of three leagues. Um, but, yeah, the Jaguars, you know, we talked about how they don't score more than 20 points in, like, any of their games. And, yep. uh, yeah, so when we talk about the worst team in football and it's a toss-up between the Texans and the Jaguars, who would you pick right now after this week? I'd take pick? the Texans. Yeah. I, how sad is it? And think about this. They both have rookie quarterbacks, right? Try, uh, Tyrod Taylor aside. A guy who is literally arguably for the last three yeah. years like donned the next Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And then you have a guy who is a nobody who gets <laughs> thrown into the fire who's actually yeah. surprisingly decent. played decent football. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the Jaguars are definitely the worst team. Yeah. The Texans are I'm a better team. They've got better receivers. Uh, at least they have like uh, Cooks, you yeah. know, and uh, some of their other receivers, rookie receivers that are getting touchdowns for them. So, um, yeah, the Jaguars just suck, man. Yeah, dude. dude. It's definitely, this is the definition of bad coaching. Yeah. Like, they're just, they, they I don't even want to talk about it. Imagine having so James bad. Robinson not worth at the beginning breath. of the season and seeing that he only gets six carries in that yeah. game. Like Just the game is, you look at the halftime score; it's ten to zero. You know, do you really run away from the running game right. when it's only ten to zero? Right. And I don't really understand what's going on there. No, but. especially with a rookie quarterback who hasn't proved anything, who's literally just been throwing interceptions on interceptions. As he's throwing interceptions, as the game progresses, the Jaguars still decide to keep throwing the football. Eight carries for yeah. the fucking whole team, right? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, none of this makes sense. And some other stuff that doesn't make sense is Trevor Lawrence has no passing touchdowns in six games this season. <laughs> as a team that's always coming from behind, as a team that's yeah. you know always just trying to throw at the end of the game, he just can't. Still score can't touchdowns. even get garbage points. Like yeah. that—that's when you know shit's bad. Like, yeah. yeah, the teams stop playing defense at the end; they still can't score. Laquan Treadwell four for sixty-eight. Uh, like to see that. Happy for him. Marvin Jones six for seventy. Marvin Jones had that issue with freaking Urban Meyer, and then Urban yeah. Meyer also called out um i can't remember who and then the other thing was mike vrabel is the tennessee titans coach i guess him and urban meyer coached together but yeah. after the game like mike yeah. vrabel came over to like kind of have words and all urban just, meyer gave him like a handshake not even facing him yeah. or anything like no so words were exchanged i don't really know what the hell's going on in urban meyer's yeah. brain currently maybe he's, maybe he's depressed maybe he needs to seek some help yeah i don't know he seems very checked out like i it's i don't get it because it's his first year back in the nfl yep. as a coach like he wants he needs to be turning this franchise around around yet he seems so incredibly disinterested so yeah. i feel bad for the jags they really just don't have anything going for them um hopefully trevor lawrence the problem is urban meyer and then if they do get rid of that trevor lawrence we can actually see what he's capable of becoming yeah and shout out to deontay foreman that uh, yeah. 47 yards and a touchdown yeah. just giving me 10 plus points from got running. me in the playoffs got yeah. me in the playoffs so that it was that was great to see from yeah. Foreman. happy for him they have uh the titans have the steelers next week in uh in in pittsburgh, in pittsburgh. so big game for both teams the jags actually get 
the matchup we just talked about for the battle of the shittiest Texas. teams. They play the Texans no next week. Oh wow! Hey, that'll be an interesting survivor yeah. pick if somebody decides to roll pick the dice the on that one. Yeah. yeah, I definitely would fade the Jaguars. Um, but yeah, so again, Tennessee's got a big matchup next week at Pittsburgh. Jags play the shitty Texans. So battle of shitty teams. Both teams probably trying to fight for that number one spot in terms of draft order. Let's take it to Kansas City, where the Chiefs just continue to stomp on the Raiders. Three weeks ago, they stomped on the Raiders. To yesterday, they stomped, or sorry, Sunday, they stomped on the Raiders, forty-eight to nine. Scoregami. Another <laughs> scoregami hits on the season. A unique score we've never seen in the NFL before. The Raiders are now six and seven. Chiefs are nine and four. Cover the ten-point spread, which I thought was too high when we had the preview episode. What did I know? Over forty-eight hits. I mean, this is the exact same thing I said when we talked about this preview. Is out of the last four or five weeks when the Chiefs' offense was struggling but they were winning games, all teams were playing the same defensive coverage except the Raiders because the Raiders were sticking to their guns. They Mm -hmm. got torched for 41 points by the Chiefs the last time they played. What did they do? Did they learn their lesson? No, they fucking played the exact same single high defense and the Chiefs torched them. Yeah, what's crazy for me is it wasn't even just aerial attack. It was the running game that won the game for the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill didn't do shit again. He just had a bunch of catches. Uh, Travis, Travis Kelsey was non-existent yeah. and they still found ways to win. So now, now they're just even like just BDE all over the NFL. And this is not, this is not going to get flaccid anytime soon. Yeah. And then their defense is stepping up as oh they have been. God, Tyron Matthew for uh, with the interception, fumble recovery. Uh, Mike Hughes gets a fumble recovery. So when you're bringing, beating the, uh, turnover, yeah, uh, battle, you're, you're going to win games. And, and what's funny is that they're not just playing better defense. You can argue that they're playing the best defense out of anybody in the league over the last four weeks. Yep. So it's like what a turnaround, right? Yeah, yep. four sacks of David, uh, Derek Carr. We we talked about their addition, Melvin Ingram, in the middle of the season. He had half a sack, so he's contributing there. Alex Okafor had a sack and a half, and uh, Wharton also had one sack. So they were getting after Carr. He was dumping the ball off a lot. Jacobs had five for forty six. Renfro, my God, fourteen targets, thirteen catches, one seventeen and a touchdown. That guy's literally emerged as yeah. a must start fantasy. He's football just player. another Cooper Cup. Yep. Like I feel like he's the way the he made that set. touchdown was Dude, basically yeah. like what exactly what Cooper yep, Cup does yeah, to get touchdowns, yeah, yeah. the in and out. Yeah. yeah, so incredibly impressive. He has solidified himself as a fantasy starter on this team. Uh, Derek Carr again underwhelming, like you talked about. Clyde Edwards-Helaire only thirty-seven yards, but did get in the end zone twice. So pretty relevant fantasy day. You talked about Josh Gordon early on did get into the end zone. Backup running back Daryl Williams also got into the end zone catching the ball, and then third string running back Derek Gore. Yeah. Yeah. With that 51-yarder, gets in the end zone. Yeah, yeah. fourth quarter. And so, I mean, it, this game was 35-3 to three at the half. I mean, there was no point where this game was a game. Yeah, no. Start wasn't. to finish, the yeah, Chiefs no, just wasn't. dominated. The Raiders look like they don't want to be there. They played the Browns next week. Well, the first play of the game was a fumble, right? Yeah, Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs fucking fumble return for six. So, I mean, that's as shitty a way as you can right. start a game. So, I mean, yeah. it was literally... All downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Shout out to New Um d- Just the real uh, quick update. Yeah. So Tyreek Hill hasn't done pretty much anything this year, right? But he's now surpassed his career high in receptions for a single season. Damn. And we're not even done with the season yet. So they're, they're, the volume is very high. It's just not end zone targets. It's not aerial so, deep threats. Yeah. Because the it, defense is playing the yeah, safety. Three, three, yeah. yeah. Man deep. They also have the most drops in the NFL. Ty- Tyreek Hill yeah. has the most. He drops. should, yeah. His he, his he stats should. should be even better. Well, That's the, wild. just yeah. pa- uh, just the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, just the Chiefs in general have like I think thirty drops, which leads to uh, yeah. leading the NFL with oh, yeah. Kelsey's in, uh, on that list as yeah. the top yeah. droppers as well. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Um, I mean, again, the Chiefs have a big game on Thursday night at L.A. against the Chargers. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a battle of, you know, offense versus big defense. And then you talk, we talked about the Raiders. They're traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns, uh, two teams that I just quite frankly could care less about. So um, <laughs> that takes us to the next game. The New York Jets were hosting the Saints and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill comes in, takes care of business, 30-9 to final. Saints are now 6-7, and seven, still clawing for that seventh seed in the NFC. Jets are 3-10. and 10. Uh, Saints cover the five and a half point spread. The under forty three hits. Uh, this game was, I mean, actually a little bit closer than the score indicates because Taysom Hill had that big run at the end. But yeah. uh, otherwise, to me, not really anything impressive from the Saints' offense. It was just the Jets aren't very good. Yeah, you can't fall in this trap. Like you can't fall into this. Like you see thirty to nine, but yeah. the last like they scored all their points in the last eight minutes. Yeah, like most of their points. So, Seventeen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that that's the scary part about starting Taysom Hill is yep. like when it's against bad defenses. Sure, he can break Feast. these free, right? But you can't expect him to shoot it out. If they're ever down in any scenario, you're yep. fucked. Like yep. you're screwed. Yeah, you know, even the Cowboys, they were kind of close. It was a close game uh, for a while, so that you know helped out his fantasy but if he's ever playing against a shooting out team that i, w- I wouldn't start funny you should mention yeah that. because they play the buccaneers next, next week. week and yeah. it's so, so that was the thing we were talking about it should i start justin fields or do i start Taysom hill oh, next man. week and I, <laughs> I that's that's who i who i have as well, well, what option went away who did you have this whole time? I, I was streaming and i, I had two uh oh yeah you had the heineke's at one heineke point. at one point so i was streaming quarterback all throughout the uh, gotcha. the year for and, everyone that's listening he was one in seven made the playoffs literally streaming one of the most important positions quarterback <laughs> yeah. so yeah it, it was it's a quarterback that's heavy, pretty fucking impressive uh, yeah as well so um but i think the fact that uh, alvin Kamara being back for the saints definitely helped him out got their offense going he had 120 yards um yeah. so that that helps out but Taysom hill with the most garbage of garbage time <laughs> touchdown ever. It's like one minute and nine seconds left. And I think his players, his his teammates were even like, go down, go down, like, you know, uh, yeah. run out the clock. But yeah. he, he no. saw daylight and he no. took got the touchdown. No. And uh, w- and we were awarded with 20-plus fantasy points by Taysom Hill. So that that was it. But uh, nothing from the Jets, right? Uh, no Elijah no, Moore. I mean, so. Yeah, Zach Wilson just 42 times. He threw the ball, only completed it 19 times. He had the most rushing guards on the entire team with 33. And, yeah, receiving core just very inconsistent right one week it's one guy next week it's another guy jameson crowder only three for 19 he was the big relevant guy in their receiving core but uh yeah i don't know i mean we talked about you just talked about it saints have to play the bucks next week so it's gonna be a game where Taysom hill is gonna have to throw whether he likes it or not yeah, right? right bucks do a good job of stopping the run their secondary is a little bit vulnerable tom brady is not going to slow down at any point it seems this year so the saints are going to have to keep up yeah. uh so it's going to be one of those things where he's going to be forced to throw the ball it'll be interesting to see just uh, uh something of note uh, yep. Josh Allen just ran for over 100 yards against the Buccaneers. Okay, so they, he he might still be able to run. Like mm-hmm. I, I expect the fantasy points to be there mm-hmm. as far as running goes, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if if the game goes out of hand early. If it's like 21 to three, then it's gonna be a lot of picks. Yeah. Like, at what point did? Yeah. I mean, the the weird thing with Taysom Hill is, yeah. What if the Saints get into a situation where it's 21 to three? Is there any thought to Sean Payton being like, okay, like since we're gonna have to do nothing but bring throw, let's bring in. the other guy in, you know? And Simeon, like that's yeah. that's a huge like you take a risk and start Taysom Hill in the playoffs, and that shit happens. That's fucking terrible. So that's yeah. a good point. Um, yeah. it's, it's definitely something to note because he's just such a hybrid quarterback. Um, but it'll be good. It'll be interesting to see what how he can respond at Tampa Bay next week. Jets are at the Dolphins, who have been surging, so it's not an easy matchup for them. Uh, the next game on the board was a big divisional matchup. Cowboys were at Washington to take on the football team. Cowboys steal. This one 27 20 
Cowboys are now nine and four, sitting pretty atop the NFC East. They should have that division, barring some crazy last, you know, three, four week meltdown. Washington football team who is surging. They're now six and seven, but they are still the seventh seed in the NFC. Uh, Dallas does cover the four and a half point spread under 48 hits. Uh, what'd you guys see in this one? Um, yeah, I don't think the Dak, that Dak Prescott played that great of a game as he should have. Um, he definitely allowed the Washington football team to kind of be close into this game, especially that interception, uh, interception pick, six. Uh, pick yeah. six at the end of the game. Um, all you know, signs were pointing for a comeback for the Washington football team, and uh, they just didn't get to, didn't let it happen because Heineke wasn't in there. Uh, Allen comes in and, and he gets sacked, and, and that was sort of the end of the game. But um, no, Washington football team put up a fight, uh, but just wasn't good enough at the end of the game to, to close it out. Yeah, another game a tale of two halves, right? I mean, Dallas putting up 24 points in the first half, 24 nothing at half. They only scored three in the second half, and Washington scored 20 points late. So, um, what did you see, Shishot? Um, Same stuff. Nothing really that stands out. Cowboys defense is for real. At least their defensive ends, mm-hmm. dude, they're um, scary. Yeah, dude, Micah Parsons is playing lights. Micah out. Parsons is literally. I mean, at this point, he should win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and he's De- a rookie. At least the NFC Defensive yeah. Player of the Year. And apparently, it's easy for him. Yeah, he said, he said yeah. the NFL is not hard. I mean, the way he's playing, it yeah. looks like it's easy. Because, yeah. like, I have him in my fantasy football league, my IDP league, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm watching him always. He gets the quarterback, like, every two plays. But the fact is, nothing gets recorded in the stat sheet because the hurries don't count as points. Yep. But he's always on their ass. Even if the ball's released, I feel like he's not one of those players that stops just moving forward. Like, he's always just finishing what he has to do. Yep. And even in this game, if you watched, there's plays where he was, like, 30 yards down the field yeah. as a defensive Dude, he's end. never giving up on plays. Yeah, right? he's constantly everywhere. So that's that's great for the Cowboys. Um, but, yeah, this defense is starting to get things together, at least in the front seven. Uh, cornerbacks are still very much suspect. They were really lucky that uh, Terry McLaurin got injured at halftime um, because this late surge that, they, that the Washington Reds uh, football team were doing – would have been different if Terry McLaurin was there. And, and the Cowboys cornerbacks are just not good enough besides the one guy that we always talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, the Cowboys are 9-4, and four, looking great. They're definitely gonna, they're definitely the best team in that division now. Um, but it's still I, I still want to see a shootout between them and, like, the Cardinals or, you know, the Packers because yeah. uh, I still don't think they're as good as those teams. Yeah, going having to go toe-to-toe with the premier of the NFC, mm-hmm. it's still something that it's like the Dallas has to prove to us that they're capable, and so we're not going to see that until it actually happens. So, yeah, we're always going to have our reservations, but you talked about it. Their, their defensive line is scary as hell, right? Not only did they draft Micah Parsons and they moved him to Ed Rusher and he's, like, literally become a revelation, two sacks, one tackle for loss, two, two quarterback hits. Demarcus Lawrence is now back. Right, yeah. and he's been a fucking beast before. One sack, two tackles for loss, two quarterback hits there, and then big man Randy Gregory is finally off the weed, so he had a sack and one quarterback pressure as well. So like that, those that trio is insane. Randy Gregory, when he played for Nebraska, was a first round projection, yeah. but because he mm-hmm. smoked a lot of weed, he kept dropping, and then he kept smoking weed the last three years, kept getting suspended. Now that he's, I guess, I don't know what he's doing, but he might be off of it. That that's literally Gregory Lawrence and Micah Parsons are three premier yeah. rushers, yeah. and so it allows that secondary that's like that's leaky to get by because the quarterback doesn't have enough time to throw. Yeah, that that also helps how bad they're playing on the run game. Yeah, so the Cowboys have allowed a hundred or more rushing yards in eight straight games for the first time since two thousand. Damn. So they're they got weaknesses. They're yeah. they're very much evident if you look deep enough. If you just look past their skill set that they have, mm-hmm. they got very big holes, and that's one of them. They are allowing runs to pretty much anybody um, besides Gibson because he sucks. <laughs> <Gibson>. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, and then two more things uh, on the offensive side that also make me not want to put them at the top tier is that 
Zeke has now had uh, fewer than 50 rushing yards in five straight games. Like, he's in a decline. It's yeah. just... Like, I can argue this. Well, and, and this is as evident as it gets, right? Because the argument was always Pollard, Zeke, Zeke, Pollard. Pollard literally didn't play. Yeah. Corey Clement yeah. got one more carry than Zeke. Yeah. So it's clear that even if Zeke's the healthy guy between Pollard and mm-hmm. him, they're still not going to give Zeke a full workload. Yeah. I mean, there are still talks that Zeke is still hurt. Yeah. But we talked about that last time. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're hurting your own team if you can't just admit that you're injured. Right. But um, th- that's not the point. The point is there's a clear decline here with Elliott, right? Mm-hmm. And then as far as the quarterback situation, like the two most the two most powerful uh, aspects of their game, Dak Prescott has now had sub-80 pass rating in four of his last six games. Um, he had zero in the first six games of the season. So he's also not playing that well. Right. So this is like, you know, their records are fine. They're beating teams, but they're beating teams that are like worse than them, clearly. Yeah. And then they they can't run the ball as much as well, and they can't throw the ball as well, and they're allowing a lot of running plays. Something's got to fix there. Like you can see the rate, the rate, uh, the the standings. You can see them sitting pretty at nine and four, mm-hmm. but I see a lot of holes. Yeah, I, I'm I'm 100 with you. Uh, I'm not sold on Dallas, right? Like you said, they have flashy players that make opportunistic you know plays, mm-hmm. but as a whole, there's a ton of weaknesses and there's ways to expose that defense. Yeah, I feel like if they would have closed out the game, not let Washington football team kind of get close to it, then maybe this would be a different conversation. Sure. Yeah. Um, but we're just not seeing that. Yeah, and, and and again, it's not like they have a tough schedule. They're at the Giants next week, but that's a divisional game, right? So um, they need to take care of business, take advantage of the week schedule. The football team also is traveling within the division, take on Philly next week. So uh, both these teams... We checked their schedule ahead of time. They have a lot of divisional games to, to round out. I think Washington mm-hmm. plays the last four games in the division. So right. Eagles. Uh, Eagles, yeah, Cowboys. exactly. Yeah. So a lot of interdivisional games between the four of these. But it seems like, again, unless Dallas has a crazy meltdown, there's no reason they shouldn't come away atop that division. Mm-hmm. Uh, that takes us to the next game on the board. Carolina was hosting Atlanta this week. Carolina came into this game two-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under was sitting at 41-and-a-half. But Atlanta comes away victorious. 29-21 final. Atlanta is now 6-7. and seven. They're still in the thick of things uh, with that 6-7 spot in the NFC. Carolina now drops to 5-8. and eight. It's going to make it extremely tough. They're going to have to probably run the table. Um, but 29-21 final, Atlanta as the dogs wins outright over 41 and a half. Um, disappointing. Uh, I, I expected more from the Panthers' defense. I expect them, them to be the reason that they could cover yeah. the spread and win this game and still be in the thick of things. But Atlanta is the one that's like, hey, Take us seriously. We're five and two on the road. We're six and seven. Mm-hmm. We're the same record as other guys you guys consider contenders. So take us seriously. They come away victorious. Yeah, for me, um, Cam Newton kind of just messed up. Yeah, he tripped two times mm-hmm. during third downs, like crucial. I think it was one was a fourth down. I don't remember exactly, but he tripped. It, nobody touched him. Big plays, big first downs needed to be made. There's a lot of those are the reasons the uh, Falcons got the ball more, and also the pick six. You know, throwing the pick yep. six and. Although he did score a touchdown running the ball and he had some chemistry with DJ Moore, that chemistry just started to decline throughout the game. He started tripping. The <laughs> coaches saw that and yep. they were like, let's pull this guy. He's not going to win this game for us. So then brought in the backup who did pretty okay. He didn't do, you know, you don't, he didn't, he was six for 12 with a touchdown and he also threw a pick. But that was when they were making a slight comeback at the end. Uh, it just didn't go well as planned. Falcons solidified the game. They did a great job running the ball. They ran the ball a lot. I forgot what the exact number. Thirty-six were. carries between the four. Yeah, guys Patterson and Davis, and they both, you know, averaged around like three and a half to four yards per carry. Um, nothing exciting. This game wasn't like the most exciting game, but it was nice to see the Falcons kind of like have the edge over another team for a change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you said it exactly perfect, right? This was a game. I think all three of us came in and thought. 
Carolina's on paper the better team. So one team has to solidify themselves in the playoff contention. Mm-hmm. One team's going to fall out. And I think we all thought it was Carolina at home, better defense. Um, you know, and the Falcons just had too many like inefficiencies. But like we talked about, Cordero Patterson, you know, just gets in the end zone, finds ways to be productive. Hayden Hurst caught their one touchdown pass. And, uh, you know, as long as Matt Ryan is not, you know, putting the defense in shitty situations. I right. think that th- they're decent enough to give their, to give themselves a chance. Yeah. I was watching uh, this game uh, closely on red zone because it's turned there in that witching hour. Yeah. yeah. I love that because yeah. like, you know, all, all these games, they are like maybe two scores apart and then like so, sort of like seven minutes in the game um, left in the game. And it's like turns into a one touchdown game. Same thing with this game, right? It was only eight points. Uh, I believe the Falcons had the ball and it was third and 10 and, and Kyle Pitts was wide open towards mm-hmm. the left of the field gets the catch gets the first down yep. and they're not yep. able and they're not able to to get the ball back so it's like things like that like the Falcons are able to do um, you you mentioned it last week show you said that the Falcons have find ways to score the ball and which is exactly what they did there even though the Panthers yep. defense is um is no no known to be good uh, yeah. wasn't able to um, come through and the Falcons got to get the win by finding ways to score yeah yeah the, the, the you know the Panthers' offense just didn't do a good enough job at, yeah. of of letting the defense do what they normally do. Just bad. Like there's Cam Newton should just give his reins up, go be an offensive coach somewhere, do something. But like you're really limiting the team by not being able to be like this accurate passer. Like yeah. wh- why don't you use your youngsters? Like this is a clear cut example. Yep. I know they're in a win now mentality. But I don't know if they're going to win games with if, at Cam Newton. Well, they haven't. Yeah, in they, the last he's 0 11. He's 0 11. Yeah, in the last, last 11 starts. starts. Yeah, yeah so. and for the Panthers. Yeah, and like you said, they just didn't do enough. Right, four of 11 on third down, one of three on fourth down. Um, they had three turnovers to one turnover. They were through two interceptions. They've lost one fumble and time of possession for a team that's supposed to be like a running team. Yeah. They got, they got out time of possessed by 10 minutes. So, yeah. um, it, it, it is, it's it just game script wise. It, it seems like it should have gone their way, but it didn't. And I think a lot of that falls on Cam Newton. So it, it is unfortunate because like the Panthers fan, fan base is so Cam Newton, right? Like they love Cam Newton. He's like, the, he's like the best thing they've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately I think this is it. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you, I think they need to move on. I think they need to just start playing other people, give other people chances. And at this point, like move forward to next season. Um, so another thing is that lets you know that the offense is the problem. Uh, the Panthers are 0 and 18 in games when allowing 22 or more points. That's not that much. No, that's not that much in the NFL. If you just score more than 22 points, you lose. Or like when you just allow more than twenty two lose, that's yeah. like then the Vikings would fucking be like yeah. oh and thirty. Yeah. Thirteen. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like they have nothing on the offensive side to keep up with teams and yep. and this is the this is the product of having Cam Newton. You need a more dynamic thrower yeah. on this team. Sliver of hope for Falcon fans, right? Deeraj, shout out. Um, they are five and two on the road. We know that if they squeak into the playoffs, they're not going to be hosting a game, right? <laughs> so for whatever reason, they're playing decently on the road. Let's yeah. not look at who they've played. Five and two on the road in the NFL, winning on the road. Don't care who you play, is tough to do. So for all of their inefficiencies, all of like the shittiness that comes with the Falcons, yeah. and sometimes they're kind of unwatchable. They're winning games Dude, on the road. Everybody's rooting for the Falcons for many reasons, and the best reason is that. If I'm a team that wants to play a team in the playoffs, I want to play the Falcons. Yeah. Right. Give me the Falcons. Yep. Let's go Falcons. Yeah, they're at the 49ers next week, so it's going to be tough for them to stay in playoff contention unless they can, you know, run the table or at least go three and one. The Panthers are at Buffalo, so uh, you know, for, for that fact, I just think Carolina's chances are done for the season, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Let's take it to the next game in Houston, where Seattle came into town and won the game they should have won. 33 to 13 final. They take care of business. 
Eight and a half point spread they cover with ease. Over 40 and a half hits. Uh, Shishote, this was your survivor pick, so congrats on going 11 and 3. Um, Russell Wilson uh, actually made a lot of big-time throws. I know it's the Texans, but we need things to be encouraged about when it comes to Russell Wilson. And, I mean, him and Tyler Lockett look like old-school connection. Is there a better duo no. than Russell Wilson and Scary Tyler shit. Lockett? It's like crazy. It's they make, so consistent. The deep bombs are always like there. It always hits. <laughs> yeah. yeah, always hits. I feel like I don't see incompletions when he throws deep to lock it. Oh, get it? Yeah, no, it, it was amazing. Um, I, I don't even think the touchdown was like a deep pass, right? It was like a uh, there was a deep touchdown uh, too, right? Wasn't, wasn't a slant that made Lockett uh, open in the touchdown to 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 get the touchdown there? Uh, no, it, it's good to see them kind of getting their offense back to where they are. Where's DK Metcalf though? It was a fifty-five yard. Deep. Oh, it was it 55 yard deep? Was it? Yeah. Um, oh, the Everett one was a short one. Yeah, Everett one was a slam. Okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, where's DK Metcalf and all this? I'm kind of, I'm, I'm just, I'm I would shocked. love, to, I would love to like understand what the hell is going on. Like, the, like you have this talent. This like, there's nobody built like DK Metcalf in the NFL, and they just use him for deep bombs or right. like, what are they using for? Nothing. They use him for nothing. Four catches, 43 yards. He usually goes an entire first half without catching the ball. So it's just like. I don't know, man. I, I don't really know what's happening. They won this game. Lockett is like Lockett and Russell Wilson just have this connection that is unmatchable. Uh, Rashad Penny ran the shit out of the ball, so big, big game for him. 16 carries, 137 yards, two touchdowns. But as a DK Metcalf fantasy owner, it's so frustrating because Seattle goes three and out a lot, right? They go three and out a lot. They don't extend a lot of drives, so it's just less opportunities for DK. So the big bombs and the are big what bombs matters. are always what matters, yeah. and it's always going to lock it. Yeah, because I'm looking at it here. It's not like he's not getting the targets. No, he's got eight targets. It should be more. It should be like 15. But he's got eight targets, four catches. Tyler Lockett has nine targets, five catches. It just so happens the Lockett ones are 55 yard bomb <laughs> yeah, touchdowns. Exactly. And then DK Metcalf are like slant. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. I don't know for a guy that literally has what four. Four four three speed something crazy yeah. like four four speed probably he, he's taller than like everybody six, four, that guards six, him. Five. He's yeah. yeah he's Fast taller and faster than, than Lockett everybody. I think like Lockett's quick but I think speed wise DK's probably running no, a better dude, forty DK's faster than almost everybody yeah. right like he's he's faster than any defender that guards him and he's taller than any defender that guards him why not just throw it to him deep I don't yeah. know man I don't um, know but Davis Mills had a pretty good game right we yeah. talked about yep. that earlier uh, he had actually um, fourteen consecutive passes before he went. Not so great after that, uh, 19 of 35. Uh, but he started off strong. Yeah. So, I mean, better than what Trevor Lawrence <laughs> yeah, did. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they didn't have any run game. Um, you know, there's – what? Who's there? <laughs> I mean, okay. We shit on Rex Burkett. Look at Royce Freeman. <laughs> 11 carries, 15 yards. It's pretty bad. Uh, why the fuck is the coach calling out Rex Burkett? Why did they get rid of Phil Blinsey? <laughs> I don't understand. That did nothing for like their financial loss. Like, uh, it makes no sense. And Ingram, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Ingram. Yeah. I they, bet <laughs> Ingram, they probably did something under the table. He's like, I want to go to the Saints. Yeah. I'm going to retire with the Saints. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. But like Phil Lindsay was worth nothing. You said you had him for nothing and then you just got rid of him for nothing. I don't know. Brandon Cook's productive, right? Uh, you like there? You like that? Eight for 101, 11 targets. Um, but yeah, I mean, Davis Mills, for how bad this lopsided this score looks, Davis Mills wasn't really the reason, right? I mean, Texans yeah. are just not good enough. Davis yeah. Mills, to protect the football, to not have a single turnover, no fumbles, no interceptions, uh, was only sacked two times, right? Um, y- you have to, you know, be pleasantly surprised. And like, it's like, what more can you ask from a no name uh, right. rookie quarterback? Yeah. 
So uh, Seattle at least takes care of business. We know they're going to have to run the table to have any chance in the playoffs uh, to get into the playoffs, and they are traveling to L.A. to take on the Rams next week. So, uh, I mean, their playoff hopes could look really, really dark as soon as next week. The Texans, we talked about it. They're going to have the toilet bowl of the season at Jacksonville next week. So. Um, one last thing. Yeah. Um, I think it's important to uh, note that the Seahawks have now scored 30 or more points in two straight games Damn. because – you know, yeah. they were, it was looking pretty bad. Yeah. So now they're putting up points. So it, it's going to rely on the defense again. Yeah. Yeah. It, again, it's going to be it, this, this window for them is really, really slim and every week's a must win and it could, their season could end as early as next week. I mean, at the Rams is going to be really, really tough yeah. uh, divisional game though. And you never want to count out Russell Wilson, especially if, you know, even incrementally he might be getting better with that mallet finger. So uh, the next game on the board, the Denver Broncos hosted the Detroit lions in Mile high, took care of business with ease, 38-10 final. Denver covers the 10-point spread, over 42 hits. Show that your survivor pick was the Broncos at home. Congratulations, you are now 9-5. and five. All Denver, all day long. Yeah, all Denver and all Denver running all, all day long. Uh, Melvin Gordon, who I thought Javante Williams would be, the, the should, should have been the number one running back there, proved me wrong. 24 carries, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Williams did get his as well. Uh, he's got 73 yards and a touchdown too. Um, but this is just kind of like Broncos, um, like basic. This is Chubb and Hunt situation. <laughs> yeah, right? like they're like, both going to eat always because yep. they get – they get thrown to more than their wide receivers. Like this is a perfect formula for like running back success. Right. Yeah. And then Bridgewater, eighteen for twenty five, just does like what he needs to do, gets two touchdowns to help them win the game. Protects the football. Protects the football. Yeah. M- maybe do a little bit more though, Bridgewater. <laughs> maybe do like a little bit more. Um, I was actually kind of surprised with the running game for Detroit. I didn't see that coming. Uh, Chris Reynolds, Craig, yeah, Craig Reynolds. Yeah, sorry. nobody, nobody saw that coming. Eleven for eighty-three. I had Iguabuike. I know. <laughs> practicing that name. Yeah. Uh, and I had I started him only eight carries, twenty-five yards. So I guess that's that. That he, experiment yeah. is now over. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, their running back should slowly start to get healthier. So I don't know how much these guys will play relevance as the season winds down. But um, Khalif Raymond had the one touchdown catch. Amonra St. Brown, 8 for 73. But, you know, what the, the story of Detroit is the story of Detroit. We, they got their one win out of the way. They're not going to have a winless season, and I don't think they're going to win another game. What, what do we have their um, their schedule up? Or uh, I mean, they play the Cardinals next week, so oh, that's yeah. already going to be really, really <laughs> tough. I almost want to start the Detroit one of the Detroit receivers. Cardinals like if you don't have any options right yeah. you're, you're gonna be down against the Cardinals is what I'm assuming yeah and I'm on Ray St. Brown or even Josh Reynolds may not be a bad uh if you're gonna start one you gotta start St. Brown St. Brown yeah, yeah you have to the targets different differential is way too high right right this yeah. is true as someone targets as opposed to five as someone who at some point was so desperate that they picked up Amonra St. Brown and started him with a lot of promise and that was the one week he had no catches so <laughs> um it is Detroit so you know you know yeah. to take that risk where you will but if you are desperate I mean St. Brown does get it's, looked at it's really hard to be desperate as in the wide receiver if you're, position yeah. if, if you're, you're in, in the, the playoffs. playoffs right because there's no way you would have been doing good with a weak wide receiver too like who, yeah i'm in this position like, where i just picked up running backs and running backs only and now i'm like using the same two uh, receivers who are, who, that i have who are your receivers real quick uh it's got it's Devonte smith and then deontay johnson yeah, okay, you, so Deontay Johnson is yeah, a must-start. You, you need, a, you need a, more targets than Devontae Smith. Yeah, right. Smith just doesn't get enough targets. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, no, I mean, that is an interesting position for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Detroit, really nothing to be, 
even talked about. They're now 1-11-1. They take on the Cardinals next week at home. Who cares where they play? They're probably not going to win. The Broncos take on the Bengals next week, two 7-6 teams fighting for that playoff spot. So actually a pretty good contest there. Uh, The next game on the board was the L.A. Chargers. They were at home hosting the New York Giants who came into town. Chargers take care of business. Their offense couldn't be stopped. 37-21 final. Uh, Chargers were my survivor pick here. Chargers covered the 10-point spread over 43 hits. Um, Yeah, I mean... It's the same story. The Chargers play bad teams, and they beat bad teams. And their offense looks really good against bad teams. Yeah, and against those teams, Justin Herbert 7-0 and with a over 100 passer rating. So if the matchup's good, you can expect good things to happen from the Chargers offense. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it sucks because the Giants have notably like not been good at offense, and they're playing a Chargers defense that they allow a lot of points to their to opposing teams. But they only come up with 21 points. Uh, Glennon, two touchdowns, one reception. So not not the best showing for the Giants uh, either. Um, but when the one of the best things for the Chargers here is Guyton. Um, you know, Guyton and Palmer with Allen out, uh, those would have been great pickups if you did start them. Both got a touchdown. Um, so solid game from them. So yeah, yeah, they have they have a lot of weapons on that offense. I'm not worried about unless Herbert goes down. Anybody else can go down and they can figure it out, uh, besides Eckler, obviously. But even then, we've seen in the past... Kelly's and shit. Yeah, they can just work yeah. together to make it up. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, yeah, those guys are underrated, right? We In what you know, flash in a pan we've seen from Jalen Guyton and Palmer, like they both showed signs. Like they're very capable. They love Guyton deep. They even threw one deep to Palmer. So uh, it doesn't matter who's running the routes. Herbert likes to throw the ball deep. They like yeah. airing it out. Mike Williams got six for 61. Uh, Palmer led the team seven targets. Williams had six. But, yeah, Eckler did his thing, 12 for 67 and a touchdown. Caught two for 17. Big game from Herbert on the Giants' side. Again, yeah, Saquon was there, but, you know, he did have a touchdown catch, so that was his relevant fantasy day, 16 for 64 on the ground. And then, again, it's always a sad day when Kyle Rudolph leads your receiving core with 66 yards receiving. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, the Giants are now 1-6 and six on the road. They're 4-9. and nine. Uh, They play the Cowboys next week. So, I think for them, they're just about playing spoiler to end the season because playoff are out of the contention for them right. uh, or they're tanking and trying to get a better draft pick but nobody really likes to openly tank and the Chargers have that big matchup we talked about it we'll preview that game because it is going to be a big one uh, they are going to be at home against the Chiefs so yeah. that is going to be a big game uh, the next game on the board the 49ers and Bengals this was a great great game Cincinnati was the home team 49ers come into town and win this game 26-23 final San Francisco was a one and a half point favorite so they do cover that and the over under pushes exactly at 49 uh, big game right um, San Francisco on the road traveling from the west coast all the way to the east coast which uh you know in enough football seasons that we've watched we know that can come into factor and play a big role uh but it didn't matter it did not matter for the 49ers jimmy garoppolo clean game played a good game of football he was sacked quite a bit uh but didn't throw an interception their running game was just sufficient enough with debo samuel being healthy the couple of times they used him are always effective um so they took a residence i mean uh what did you guys see here uh, they got very close to not taking care of business. Uh, it, it's a tale of two halves again, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I, I was actually surprised that this game even went into overtime. Um, Joe Burrow had been had been sacked five times um, throughout the game. I don't think they really got much going on their running, uh, r- like running the ball, partly because they were down uh, mm-hmm. most of the game. Um, so 49ers had this game won and kind of just let them let 
kind of take the, took a step back in the fourth quarter, allowed them to uh, score 14 points, go into overtime, but then you know end up winning in overtime. But yeah, it was it was closer than it should have been for the 49ers. Yeah, yeah, they missed the field goal, right? They had the game won. They had, there was like a minute left. Mm-hmm. They missed the 47 yard field goal. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, I think the main focus. Oh, by the way, the way we preview this game was like exactly right. Uh, big big days from the receivers on the yep. Bengals side. A lot of running. Um, George Kittle coming back dude, from the dead to he br- is take insane. over. Dude, this is like, I think, like, I've always argued with my friends when uh, George Kittle came to the NFL. Yep. Like, it was like 2018 or something like that. Mm. Um, that he was better than Kelsey. And then Kelsey just shat on yep. Kittle's numbers because of the volume on that offense. But I think, dude, just from a straight up football, wise, yeah. football standpoint, yep. there's nothing George Kittle can't do. Correct. There's a lot of things Kittle, uh, Kelsey can't do, yep. but there's nothing George Kittle can't do. And that is the most valuable. Yeah. person on this team yeah i mean again i think from a receiving standpoint like there you I, I don't know how you can even say kelsey's better or like you could say they're about the same right but yeah. Kit, what kittle brings to the running game his yeah. blocking i oh, mean yeah. that that he blocks as better than like probably Lineman, half of right. the fucking vikings offensive linemen yeah. so yeah. um i mean it's insane and and now like the volume is ridiculous right yeah. debo samuel is supposed to be their best receiver but they love one, to run with him seldomly one target and, yeah he had one target for 22 yards but <laughs> kittle had 15 Dude, this, this, targets this, I, I want to. I don't ever want to see this offense on the field. Like, talk about game plan against the Eagles. Like, how the hell are you game plan against this? They're terrible. Like, they're not even. What is this? How yeah. how do I prepare for this? I prepared all week to stop Debo Samuel. Yeah. Debo Samuel's not even. Get, he gets one target. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And we did talk about how Debo. Like, I remember last on our preview episode, I was like, Debo Samuel should probably get around 12, 10 carries. He got eight carries and uh, touchdown because. You know, there is a clear line between Elijah Mitchell yep. and then the rest of them. 100%. Right? When Elijah Mitchell's there, he's getting 20-plus touches. When the other running backs are there, they're getting 13 to 15. Yep. So that, that that's one thing to just keep note. If Elijah Mitchell's playing, Debo Samuel's probably not getting eight carries. Yep. So just keep... And, and yeah, and they use they're using Elijah Mitchell more on all three downs as well when he's playing. Yeah. Jeff Wilson literally doesn't see the field on third down. Right, right. So, it's hasty time. Yeah, it's hasty time. So uh, T Higgins, you talked about it. Shoshot, he is talented as shit. Five for one fourteen on seven mm-hmm. targets leads the way for the Bengals. Jamar Chase five for seventy seven did get in the end zone twice. So nope. um, you know, big 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 time plays in clutch in or in in the clutch in crunch time. Joe Burrow loves to look at that connection with Jamar Chase. Uh, but again, they fall short. They're now. Th- Three and four at home, right? Teams that can't win at home, uh, it is always kind of a concern. They're seven and six. They're still fighting for that playoff spot. San Francisco is in the playoff spot. San Francisco gets an easy, or I, I, you know, I shouldn't say easy. Let's, let's take the Falcons seriously. San Francisco plays the Falcons next week at home, and the Bengals are traveling to Mile High to take on a tough test in the Broncos. So uh, both games, both matchups are going to have fan or playoff implications. So. Uh, stick to stay tuned for those. Next game on the board was one of the marquee matchups we saw this week. The Bills traveled to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Early on, this looked like it was going to be a route by Tampa Bay. Uh, they clawed their way back in. Again, this this week's theme seems like a tale of two halves. Buffalo showed up in the second half, took this thing to overtime, but Tom Brady said, hell nah. And he, <laughs> Wait a minute. He clutched this out in overtime, finding Brashad Perriman for a 58-yard walk-off touchdown, his only catch of the game. Um, what a fucking game. Tampa Bay covers a three and a half point sped. The over 54, you said it last podcast, hammer the over and have fun with it. And that's exactly what happened. The over hit. So, uh, big, exciting game. What did you guys see and like? Yeah. Josh Allen now is, uh, is become one of the three players in NFL history to throw for th- over 300 yards and rush a hundred 
uh, yards in the same game. Um, joined by Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. Yep. So quite a quite a great stat there. Um, but yeah, I mean that you basically said everything you needed to be said there. I mean, <laughs> My bad. tale of two yeah. halves. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Bro- uh, Buccaneers did really well in the f- first half. Josh Allen then uh, good in the second half, and you leave Tom Brady to win the ball game, and that's what Tom Brady does: wins the ball game. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of things. I know there's a lot of good stats on Josh Allen's side. Here's one that you kind of need to keep on the back of your mind when you talk about best quarterbacks in the league. Josh Allen is now 2 for 13 in his career when trailing at any point in the game by more than 10 points. Um, that's the longest, that's the, the largest uh, deficit out of all the starting quarterbacks currently in the NFL. So uh, if he's down by 10 points, you're not going to win the game is basically what I'm getting yeah, from that. Yeah, that's tough. You, you, want, you want a guy that can come from behind, especially with the talent level that Allen is supposed to possess. So, you know, uh, the the one thing is, uh, I think you mentioned this earlier, they just don't run the ball. Ever. Matt yeah. Breda was the first running back to run the ball, and it was like in the middle third of the quarter, third, third, third quarter. quarter. <laughs> yep. So all the rushes were from Josh Allen, and then that was it. So I, I don't, I'm not really sure it, why it, they're it, doing that. Like, but Against the Buccaneers, I can... I can see that argument because no team does well. Like, no running backs do well against the Buccaneers, right? Sure. So they sure. were like, let's just take the efficiency out of this or the inefficiency out of it and uh-huh. let's just use more efficient plays, which I get it, you know, but it, it wasn't translating as well as they, they had hoped, um, you know. But what are you going to do? They, they they figured out a way to take it overtime against the best quarterback of right. all time. Right. Um, they did pretty okay. Um, I can't really argue that they should have ran the ball more here because it's not like they didn't run the ball. They just ran it with the quarterback, right? So the running plays are still there. Um, and they're working. I mean, Allen yeah. not averaging nine yards a carry. Yeah. Singletary had four carries, but 13, ran at fifteen yard or yeah. thirteen yard yeah. average. Yeah. So, so yeah. the seldom times they run, it works. But uh, I don't think they dig themselves in such a big hole in the first half if they don't. It had they just established the run to yeah. some extent, you know. Of course. Um, so that that does seem like it can be this team's Achilles heel. They're now seven and six, guys. I mean, this team that was once donned as you know a top of the AFC, the one of the biggest contenders for the Super Bowl. I mean, they're one game out of being five hundred. Yeah, they can't stop the run. They can't stop the run. Period. That's not a Super Bowl winning team. Every Super Bowl winning team has a lot of different goods and bads about them, mm-hmm. but they can all stop the run. You know, like you can yeah. you can manage the game. You have to be ahead of your team. Like when you're playing one versus the other, Super Bowl winning teams are, ne- are rarely ever the underdogs. Yeah, right. And Bills could are definitely underdogs when they play teams like the Buccaneers, the mm-hmm. Packers. Um, so yeah, figure out a way to stop the run. And I think next week they have a good chance of doing that. I forgot who they play. Chuba, Chuba Hubbard's probably screwed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, on the other side, Tom Brady did his thing. 363 in the air, two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette just continues to have an insane season, man. Yeah. This guy needs to be taken seriously. 19 for 113 on the ground, scores a touchdown. Brady rushes one in as well. Like, what the fuck can't Tom Brady do right. at this stage? <laughs> he rushed, He uh, ran, like, for 11 Se- yards what? rushing. Right. When's seven the last times. time you saw Tom Brady have seven carries? No, dude. I would have. That, is that a career high? Because I'm it, almost willing to bet that has to definitely be. Definitely a career high. Yeah. yeah. He wants his Madden rating increase Oh, now big time. He's all over Twitter talking about that yeah. shit. I, I, by the way, I love this new like personality Tom Brady that's come out recently. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, when he got seven rings, like yeah. I, I will say some funny and shit. And the too. music that he has on the background of these videos, it gets me <laughs> pumped up every single yeah. time. It's He's great. got a great-ass TikTok yeah. editor, the guy he's just, paying. Just a man, dude. Just a man. Chris Godwin, great. Again, 10 carries or 10 catches, 105 yards. Mike Evans had nine or six for 91, and that touchdown was pretty damn impressive. Uh, the route he ran, Tom Brady literally threw that thing like 50 miles an hour, and Evans high-pointed that. Uh, so impressive catch. Gronk 5 for 62. I talked about Perriman getting that one big touchdown. That was the difference. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay now 10-3, and 6-0 and at home, a team that mo- most likely is going to host 
games at home in the playoffs. They have yet to lose. So uh, yep. big recipe for success there. Uh, they do take on the Saints next week. Divisional matchup. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay is obviously going to be favored, but it's no slouch. Uh, we talked about the Bills. They take on the Panthers next week. So the Bills need to get right. They need to win games like this next week um, and try to claw their way back into that playoff spot because, uh, you know, I don't think anybody still wants to play the Bills in the playoffs, but at the same time, Buffalo needs to take care of the business that they can take yeah. care of. Honestly, I take that back earlier about the Chuba thing. Yeah. I think I'm going to just start Chuba. Yeah. Just because of how bad, like you yeah. allowed five yeah. touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor on the run. Yeah. Last week was bad. This week was bad. Like if and the Panthers are a run first team, right? Yeah. Cam Newton would, might be a good play there too. I don't yeah. know. Like it might be a Taysom Hill kind of situation. Yeah. Because the Bills' defense is definitely not what people think they are. No. No. That takes us to Sunday night, guys. The Packers were at home hosting a big divisional game against the Chicago Bears. Packers. I mean, high scoring affair. This first half was insane compared to the second half. I mean, wild halves has been has been the theme. Forty five thirty. What a fucking high scoring game. The Packers come away victorious. Fifteen point win. So that means they cover the two and a half point spread. The over under was forty three, and the Packers covered that themselves. So uh, big big scoring game. Packers are now ten and three, and they have the number one spot in the NFC. The Bears are now four and nine. They're out of the playoffs, uh, so they are just looking to play spoiler. Um, I mean, shit. This was this statistically there was a ton of you know, awesome stats for fantasy owners in this game. Yeah, so we missed the first quarter of this game, most of it because we were at a wedding. Mm -hmm. And then I opened it up on my phone, so we got to watch the whole second quarter and most of the third quarter. There was only three points in the first quarter. There were only (laughs) 10 points in the fourth quarter. The second quarter that we got to see was just jam-packed with touchdowns. 45 points. Yeah, 45 of these points (laughs) covering the... the, over the over just all <laughs> in happened in that one quarter <laughs> so yeah it was a great game from uh it was great justin fields day to watch uh he did he wasn't super efficient he was 18 for 33 with two touchdowns and two picks but he made some crazy throws he yeah. made some deep throws that you know he's, he seemed patient he was t- uh, getting rid of the ball quickly as well there's a lot of the and he ran the ball efficiently nine carries for 74 yards helped out montgomery's uh numbers there by throwing it dumping it off to him uh six seven times for six catches which is something that he hadn't done before yeah. we, were, we were concerned as montgomery owners but if this game wasn't so out of hand uh you know in the third quarter they green bay basically just said you're not running the ball anymore um it, it would have been even better than it looks right now it would have been much closer and um yeah fantasy fantasy galore what more do you want from your players besides a game like this yeah, Justin Fields has scored uh, at least 20.1 points in the last three complete games that he's played. Okay. So ever since that San Francisco 49ers game, yeah. he's had some pretty good numbers yeah. as far as uh, fantasy is concerned. But uh, but you're right, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers still owns the Bears. Yeah. And as he did with four touchdowns. So um, just demolishing it. Devontae Adams had a great game. Uh, so a freak. Just, yeah. just natural Green just Bay stuff. Another yeah. week where somebody mocks the discount double check and then Rodgers makes when a will, When will people stop being dumbasses? <laughs> I don't know, man. You go step on the freaking yeah. Chiefs yeah. freaking logo yeah. at their house and, and now you're doing discount double check the freaking Rodgers? Like, yeah. Come on. You man. don't do that. When will you learn? When will oh, you learn? Uh, one more thing, though. Aaron Jones is definitely not benefiting from any of the stuff I'm talking about because – he did get into the end zone once, so that kind of gave his fantasy numbers a little bit of a you know uh, touch there. Yeah, but he's getting out touched by AJ Dillon most of the last few games. So um, as a fantasy owner of Aaron Jones, I'm sorry, but this is not going to change anytime soon. Yeah, I mean AJ Dillon had three times the carries he did. Jones relevant, like you said, touchdown and rushing, and he also caught a touchdown. So I don't think you can expect two touchdowns from Jones on a weekly basis, especially as a running back. You probably drafted in the second round, early second round, and he has five carries. 
you know, heading into the playoffs, that's definitely concerning. Yeah. Very, very yeah. concerning. A little, a little worrisome. The other thing about this, uh, and I'm very, I'm invested in it because I'm trying to look find a receiver of, of Lazard. Yeah, Lazard or or Valdez Scantling. Um, I feel like either one of those guys could could be yeah if, if, good. You, if you beat him and i play you next week i would love for you to start any of those guys <laughs> Let, let's make sure well, it's mvs with no, with no randall cobb though right, right. if oh, randall okay. cobb's playing then obviously you don't start any of them but as a number two receiver for the packers i feel like you can find some value in lazard yeah you can you're, you're abs i think there's a ton of value but the problem becomes which one is it going to be on the given week right right because mark mvs has, has, had, had, this has had that opportunity so many times two years yeah so many, and then there are some games where he'll catch like three bombs, yeah. Yeah. and there'll be a lot of games where he does nothing. Lazard seems like a better intermediary He's guy, definitely. A better um, intermediary. But again, the consistency isn't there, right? Adams gets his, and then and then it's like who else? So yeah, if you want to if you want to try to flip a coin and see which which one you could pick, I, I'm with you. The number two receiver on an offense that has Aaron Rodgers right. is yeah. definitely valuable. Yeah. But who is that guy going to be on any given week? Is the question. So. And they're, they're playing the Ravens next week, which yeah. is yeah. in the middle of the pack of yeah. on receiver points at Baltimore next week. So. Yeah, I mean, L- Lazard, if you're debating between Lazard and MVS, Lazard, Lazard. Lazard. Yeah. yeah. I, I think MVS has a boomer bust type, yeah. you know, potential. It, it, mm-hmm. If you're, if it's Monday night and you need 17 points, it's not Lazard. Yeah. It, then you just bank on MVS to get his like 60 yard touchdown. Yeah. Right. But yep. if you need like five points, I'm going Lazard. Yeah. If you need some sol- solid points, Lazard. Um, but yeah, you said the Packers are taking on the Ravens at Baltimore next week. The Bears are hosting the Vikings on Monday night next week. So uh, big games there. Speaking of Monday night, this week's Monday night game was a doozy. The Cardinals were at home hosting the Rams. Big divisional game. Uh, Arizona has had all the momentum. They were number one atop the NFC before this game. But the Rams came out and balled. 30-23 to final. The Rams actually win this one on the road. They were favored by two and a half on the road. So they do cover that. Over under was 51. Just creeps over at 53 points. Uh, the story of this game was, I mean, to me, the quarterback play. One quarterback played a little bit better than the other quarterback. Uh, Kyler Murray, you know, one of not one of his better games. No, definitely not. I don't know what exactly the problem was for him, but um, he wasn't, you know, he was still scrambling. Yeah. He was still good old Kyler Murray making plays, stretching plays. He made that crazy throw mm-hmm. running to the sideline. And that's usually when people just toss it out of bounds yep. or whatnot. But he made that play right on money. So he's got the skill was there. I think the Rams defense is, it's always been good. It's not like the Rams are bad. They're just not who we think they are. Yeah. You know, the Rams aren't the best defense in the league because they have two players that are, or three players now. Yeah. But um, they're molding together in the right time. Um, but the, I think the topic of discussion right now is that the Cardinals are 10-3, and three, but those three losses have been at home. So they can't win at home. Yeah. Like, you know, they're 3-3 three and three at home, and I, I don't know. They're still the team to beat. I, I, I've been saying the Packers are the team to beat, and I still do think the Packers are the team to beat. But the Cardinals aren't very far behind. And with, with – uh, Edmonds. Edmonds coming yep. back, they just become more dynamic. Um, so it's yeah, another we'll see. weapon to add we'll to that see, offense. But, but you can't be losing at home like three times, like yeah. as your only losses. I, I mean, I gotta say kudos to Aaron Don- uh, Donald, Donald, yeah. Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for three sacks in that game, the first game of the game, first play of the game, and the last play of the and game. the last play of the game. Sandwich. Which Donald that sacks. last play of the game was ridiculous. Yeah. Kyler Murray should have spiked that ball. Yeah. And because oh the receivers had no idea what he was doing, nah. he's like, "What play are you calling?" Yeah. And then they try to run it's it. Like very yeah. uncharacteristic. Yeah, that yeah. was dumb. And yeah. even like went backwards, and he kind of just fell. Like, yeah, you never fall, dude. You're yeah. fucking Kyler Murray. Like, right. Yeah. Right. Try to run run around or do something. Yeah, that so was I think. Very sus. Um, but again, they had a chance to win the game, but couldn't do got, it because got of the that. onside kick. Right. Got yeah. the onside is that the, kick. Is that the first onside recovery of the season? Ooh, I don't no. There the the there's another team that got an onside recovery this year. Just this week. 
What? Yeah, it, it bounced off of was it the 49ers? Oh yeah, I think you're right. Not this not these slate of games but last week, right? Or was it this week? Oh, I want to say Yeah, you're right though. So this isn't the first one. Well, yeah, yeah. You're right. I almost want to say Washington football team. No, I don't, I don't remember right now, yeah, but there right, was but the Cowboys. Yeah, did they get to, No, okay, let's talk about something else. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll find out and I'll let you know. I, I'm pretty sure there were two onside kicks that um that were successful. One of them yeah. hit the guy and it bounced off and one of them was like two guys were driving into it and the ball like kind of uh, went in between. So, yeah. It's very memorable onside kicks. Um yeah. but yeah, you know, uh, all three going back to this game, um all three receivers for the Cardinals, I mean for the Rams had great games. Yep. Jefferson gets a touchdown. Uh OBJ is coming out and yeah. uh, but getting, got, but then he got COVID. But then he got COVID. <laughs> but yeah, he he would have. I, I would have loved to start OBJ next week. Yeah, I actually started him this week, um, and I like the progression he was going. At. He's getting a yeah. lot of targets, a lot of big play looks, like third down looks. If anytime Cup's not open, he's going straight to OBJ. At least that's what he did this game. He's beating the receiver, the cornerbacks to get the ball. Like you know the, that slant route that he did, that he did to get the touchdown. It's like those, and then there was like the out, the in. Um, so plays like that make you kind of say, okay, OBJ. Yeah, that's why they starter. traded for him, right? Right. Like th- to make him the next number two. Like that's what they traded him for. They're just the benefactors of having another third receiver who's probably faster than OBJ. Um, and they just used all three of them this game in the, the, the increments that we expected them to be used at, right? Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup, 15 targets. OBJ, 7 targets. Van Jefferson, 3 targets. They would have probably given uh, Van Jefferson more targets if they hadn't been uh, winning in that whole third quarter. You know, they had a 14-point... They scored 14 points when Arizona scored no points in third quarter, so they kind of like transferred over to the run game. But if they were still airing it out, like Matthew Stafford only threw it 30 times. Matthew Stafford, for me, is a 50-thrower guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. So if they had more uh, attempts to throw the ball, I mm-hmm. think all three receivers would have been great. They already were great with only 30 attempts, but the situational football kind of hurt Van Jefferson's uh, statistics this game. Yeah, I think I – th- so to your guys' point, I think OBJ is in a really uh, beneficial – scheme right yeah. you have cooper cup who obviously just literally never is not open yeah. right at some point the defenses are going to have to start double teaming him right yeah. so you're getting cooper cup double teamed you have van jefferson who they love throwing deep bombs to right so to take the top off you have van jefferson which mm-hmm. that has to draw safety right that leaves obj against a number two or maybe even a number three cornerback one-on-one and dude it's not like obj is not talented no he's got the most touchdowns over the, like the last three years yeah. as, a, as a wide receiver or so, some, something crazy like that you take odell beckham jr against number two or number three cornerback uh, one-on-one all day long right. so i mean he's in an insanely uh beneficial situation so yeah. i mean i don't see this stopping anytime soon yeah it, it'll stop this week because he's got covid oh yeah but um so that, that, that'll stop. do it the only thing is stop yeah. yeah yeah i feel like that's not gonna stop there's a chance cooper cup could get covid and they're oh, like god the they have no receivers yeah this is gonna be an intense two weeks of fantasy football yeah a good game from stafford sony michelle filled in nicely 20 for 79 uh and then obviously kyler murray not the best game james connor only 31 yards on the ground did get in the end zone twice aj green had and a big he caught game. the ball nine times yeah nine for nine nine targets nine catches 94 yards another insane catch. one-handed yeah. catch yeah. like did the Steelers know James Conner could catch the ball this well I don't think so I don't think so I don't right. even think the Cardinals knew because they've yeah. been using Edmonds for the longest yeah. time but dude his hands have been very impressive yeah. like for how inefficiently his yards per carry are running the ball like he's a pretty fucking good receiver yeah. and yeah. and that's a very underrated part of his game yeah. so um again Adding Edmonds, you already had AJ Green lead the pack. Hopkins is barely having to do anything. Yeah, he's like the best receiver in the league. So um as long as Kyler Murray is not putting them behind the eight ball, 
the Arizona Cardinals are always in a very, very beneficial situation. So uh, they get the Lions in Detroit next week, so a nice make-right game and bounce-back game for them. The Rams also take on the Seahawks at home. So um, on paper, the Rams should have a decent opportunity there, but a divisional game, Russell Wilson surging. Uh, stay tuned. That was the Monday night game. That wraps up the slate of games. Again, another wild, wild week. Uh, tale of two halves, that's the theme of this week. Let's kick it over to studs and duds. Chauvet, give us your studs and duds. Yeah, so let me let me actually find it yeah yeah go for it man uh i'll let you guys start I yeah i'll go i'll go i'll go so my stud uh we talked about him earlier Devonte adams um i know you know from a homer perspective i love justin jefferson i talk about him a lot and you know there are times where he shows the potential to be the best receiver in the league mm-hmm. and then we also have you know times where justin jefferson looks a little young and premature and there's still things he needs to grow on well one guy who absolutely is the best receiver in the league it is no debate. He doesn't need to improve. He doesn't need to grow. He doesn't drop the ball. He literally makes no mistakes. He plays perfect receiver football. Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 121 yards, two touchdowns, um, 29.1 fantasy points. So, I mean, shit. It's just, you know, for I don't know. Like, he's How just do you so prep good. For him? Yeah, he's just so good. Yeah. His route running is yeah. like premier. He's fast. He can jump higher than pretty much anybody else. And he's consistent. Yeah. yeah. And, and the X factor is the connection and chemistry with, with the, Aaron one Rogers of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. is insane i mean yeah. aaron Rodgers and Devontae adams know exactly when Rodgers is going to make that back shoulder throw yeah. and nobody else knows that right yeah. so i mean it's Maybe literally Jordan a cheat code. Knows that, but yeah nobody else. <laughs> exactly so uh he is my stud insane my dud unfortunately terry mclaurin um i don't know the, the theme of my duds are goose eggs i know he only played one half of football but there was still one half of healthy football that he played did not catch a pass. So, uh, unfortunately, Terry McLaurin, you are my dud. Yeah, he tried to get you a pass, though. He yeah. tried so hard. He did. He tried. He fell he, pretty hard, too. And then he uh, left for the game. And then concussed himself. Yeah. <laughs> but it did matter. Yeah. It did matter. It did. Um, okay, so I'm going to do a defensive edition of studs oh, and duds. So my dud's the Bills defense. You know, I didn't start them. A lot of people just left them at the starting lineup because they're the second best defense and blah, 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 blue, blue, blue. Yeah, no. You got to look at situational football. They played against a bunch of shitty teams. You got to know when to start this team. You got to know when to bench this team. This is not a set it and forget it team. You got to know that if you have them. So this was definitely a forget it week, not a set it week. So, um, you know, against Tampa Bay, you know, it's they're yeah. very they're like vultures when it comes to the ball. They can score a touchdown any play, but it's not worth it to go against Tom Brady to make the playoffs. Um, so yeah, the Bills are my dud of the week, um, and then my studs the Titans defense, the defense that I played instead of the uh, Bills defense. Um, you know, again, also a situational season, uh, type of deal here. You know, they played against New England and got embarrassed week twelve. Um, they played like shit against Houston, only had three points. New Orleans, they only had five points. But Jacksonville comes into town with pretty boy who's not even that pretty, looks like handsome Squidward. <laughs> um, you th- you just know he's going to turn the ball over, right? Yeah. And he's he's only had he has no touchdowns in the last or not the last but six games total. These are these these are the days you have to pounce on these type of situations. And uh, they did a great job against Jacksonville, forcing three sacks and four turnovers. Ended up with nineteen fantasy points. So those are the those are very studly numbers yeah, for a defense. I love it, handsome Squidward. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Defensive edition. Shovik, give awesome. us yours. Yeah. So uh, my. Uh, I'm start with my stud. My stud is someone who I wish was not my stud, but I also do wish he was my stud. It's like a weird thing that I have going on with. Uh, it's Dalvin Cook, right? He p- plays against the Steelers, uh, 205 yards <laughs> You're and two at touchdowns. The game. <laughs> I'm at the game. I'm like, this sucks, <laughs> but he's also my fantasy team. So, so it's a very mixed emotions going on there. But yeah, you know, anytime you have that much running lane and the Steelers have no way to stop, you get 205 yards, two touchdowns. You're gonna be a stud of the week. Um, my dud is gonna be uh, tight end Travis Kelsey. With 4.2 points, um, where 
a game where they were just airing, you know, well, they weren't airing it out, but they had enough uh, throws for you for Kelsey to get his, and he just wasn't able to produce. Yep. And what was it like? A couple of weeks now that Kel- Kelsey hasn't been. Yeah, producing he hasn't like scored a touchdown in like four or five weeks, yeah. maybe more. Well, Patrick Mahomes didn't throw a touchdown also until since the middle of November, so that kind of goes uh, hand in hand with that as well. Yeah. But yeah, only four point two fantasy points. Not really doing it for a tier one tight end yeah especially on paper when you see the kansas city chiefs put up 48 points you're probably like super horny like right. oh what did kelsey do and then you see three for 27 yeah poop yeah that's definitely dudley so uh i like it i like the defensive addition there i like the uniqueness uh new unique segment here obviously we talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago we have four weeks left in the season guys there are so many teams that are in this bubble of contention that are still not out of it, it's actually wild. So uh, I got a list, a rundown of the AFC teams. I have a list of the NFC teams. Let's, you know, let's let's try to be a little bit quick with it, but I just want to run through these teams if you guys think they're an actual playoff contender or if they're a playoff pretender, right? So first things first, in the AFC, right now the fifth seed, are they're the LA Chargers. They are 8-5, and five, um, you know, Eight and five, so they're one game ahead of the six and seven seed, but there's also three teams that are also one game behind them, not in the playoffs right now. At this stage, do you guys consider the Chargers pretenders or contenders? I'm going to say they're contenders. Uh, I think that their offense uh, is good enough to get them to the playoffs. Now, what they do once they're in the playoffs is a whole different situation, but they're contenders to be able to fight and at least get their foot into the door of the playoffs. Yeah, I think they're contenders too. Herbert's not someone to mess around with right now. He leads a league in amount of throws, so they're not shying away from letting Herbert throw, and he's doing a very good job. He makes uh, big plays happen. You know, He's a smart quarterback. He has a great running back, and pretty much any wide receiver that comes into play is studly for them. So that's enough firepower to beat like the seventh seed, like the Bills right now. The Bills yeah. are just playing weird football. They've They're supposed to be – top seed right mm-hmm. they're down to the seventh seed right now and i think a team like the chargers that were to face if they were to face the bills right now just their offensive firepower alone and what's the chargers weakness run game right yeah. what do the bills do don't run the ball <laughs> yeah that's yeah. true that's not a really good formula to beat the chargers <laughs> no, there that's a great point yeah that's a, that's that would be a shitty situation or a matchup for the bills but yeah i also think the chargers are contenders again we know there is a huge hole in their run defense so um you know in the playoffs when you know time of possession is key right uh Converting first downs is crucial. Having a balanced attack, keeping the defense on edge. My fear is how much can their defense actually step up from like shithole run defense to yeah. like all of a sudden in the playoffs, let's flip the switch. Yeah. That's the fear, right? Um, they could put themselves in a situation where they can't even, you know, be contending in a playoff game just because they can't get on the field with their offense. Their defense is on the field forever. So for that reason, it is, you know, there, there are concerns, but I absolutely also think they are contenders. Their offense is just too good for them to miss out on the playoffs. Um, so I do like them. Colts are the six seed currently. They are seven and six contenders, pretenders. I think they're contenders. This is like, this is the 49ers of the AFC for me. Um, whenever you can run the ball that well, you need like a couple of good receivers to get those play action situations going. Mm -hmm. And like what better receiver to have than a player like Pittman on those deep third down play action bombs. Like they have everything they need. They have a good defense. They have a formidable quarterback, you Mm -hmm. know, as much as we want to shit on him. um, He's not a bad quarterback to have compared to these other quarterbacks that we're looking at. Um, So yeah, this is a very complete team. If not the most complete team on this AFC list, um, so yeah, with giving given that data, um, just being super complete because you just mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. what do you need to have when you're in the playoffs? You yep. need to have a little bit of everything, and the team that has the most little bit of everything here is the Colts. 
Uh, I'm going to say pretenders, and the reason I'm going to say that is uh, because of their schedule. So they've got the Patriots, um, and then they've got Cardinals. So those are going to be two tough games. Mm-hmm. Then they have the Ra- Raiders and Jaguars. So they can go 2-2 two and two for the rest of the season, and whether that makes the playoffs or doesn't make the playoffs, that's going to be the question there. I think that that won't. Uh, that that will actually hinder them from making the playoffs, and one of the teams from the AFC North will be the second, uh, will be the third seed, and take their spot. So, because of their strength of schedule, I'm going to say that the Colts are a pretender. Yeah, I mean, looking at that, you think they probably have to go three and one at least, um, and they have two tough games. So, can they win one of those two tough games and then go three and one? That remains to be seen. Cardinals are tough. Patriots, I don't think anybody wants to play. So uh, Indianapolis has a 13th hardest schedule remaining. So something to look at. The Bills are right below them. They're also 7-6, and six, but they are holding the 7th seed. Uh, I'll start with the Bills. I think the Bills are going to be contenders. Unfortunately, this is also just simply because of their schedule. So Buffalo does still have New England as their tough game, but they play the Jets, they play the Carolina Panthers, and they play the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, some team that can kind of control their own destiny, even if they lose to the Patriots, you run the table with three shitty teams, you should be in the playoffs. So um, I don't trust the Bills personally, just because we've seen so many uh, inconsistent games from them the last three or four weeks. But set schedule-wise, they are in a very opportune situation, so I think they're contenders. Yeah, I would agree with you. That schedule, I mean, the Patriots are the only tough team there. They should beat the Panthers. Falcons gonna be are going to be tough, but also beatable. And then you have the Jets, who are bad yeah uh, bad team yeah i didn't realize we were like bringing the rest of the season schedule into all these conversations because um i don't have the information in front of me but if we're talking about the rest of the season schedule then yeah definitely contenders at this moment right now without looking at the rest of the season contenders uh the schedule pretenders beyond belief if not the, like my biggest pretenders right now um yeah because they're just not doing it they can't get it done like there's certain things you have to get done for me to be like that's a good football team they're not getting those things done. They're not getting those things done at all. They're, they're these losses against, you know, they're obviously lost. They're losing against good teams, but what's the definition of pretending and contending? Like you got to beat the good teams to be a contender. Yep. Mm-hmm. They just lost against Tampa Bay. They just lost against New England. They've lost against New, uh, Indianapolis. Those are the teams that they're going to be playing in the playoffs. So if we're talking about right now, like what's the situation looking like? I think they're pretenders, but if we look at the schedules, then yeah, they're contenders. Browns right outside the playoff spot. They're seven and six contenders, pretenders. Pretenders. I, I, I echo pretenders. I mean, they have the seventh hardest remaining strength of schedule. They still have the Packers. They still have the Bengals who are fighting for a playoff spot, and they still have the Steelers who are fighting for a playoff yep. spot. You know what's funny is I wouldn't even need to look at the schedule to be like these guys are pretenders. Yeah. Uh, they have a good defense. I'll give them that, if not one of the best line uh, front four in the league. But they still have Baker Mayfield. I'm not afraid of Baker Mayfield in any situation. And it doesn't matter if they're playing the Lions. It doesn't matter if they're playing the Bengals. It doesn't matter if they're playing the Texans. I'm always going to be like, could they possibly lose, right? Yep. And then now, instead of that, you get Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. You know, even a Las Vegas team, I'm like, could they lose to them? So like, yep. they, could, they could easily just lose out. So for that reason, the Browns just pose no threat to like anybody besides a good defensive Pressure, but what do they what do they get out of pressuring the other team? They get nothing out yeah, of that. Yeah, even you know? if they get the ball back, they have Baker Mayfield. Exactly. So, so I, I would label them as a pretender. Yeah, Bengals right below them, seven and six. I'm going to say contender just because they do have that fire firepower of beating uh, good offensives offenses, and they can uh, figure out their defense in the next four games. I think they could definitely get themselves into the playoffs. They've got to beat the Browns. They've got to beat the Steelers. Yep. Oh, they're not the Steelers. Know, not the they Steelers. have they have the fifth Browns hardest the remaining schedule. Yeah. Chiefs, Ravens, Browns, Broncos. See, and I think it's a hard schedule because 
teams, the in the a- teams in the AFC North are above 500, mm-hmm. but I don't. Uh, the the Browns are beatable, mm-hmm. and the Ravens are beatable as well. Yep. And then you have even that, the Broncos and and the Broncos. So you can finish three and one and be higher than the Colts. And if the Colts are only two and two and make the uh, playoffs, yeah, I, I I just don't think their defense can do it. I, I I'm gonna call them pretenders. Um, they have great offensive firepower, but mm-hmm. like you know, um, th- th- like the team co- that I would compare them to is the Chargers. Um, the Chargers have the same type of offensive weapons. They're really stout, but they have a better quarterback at this at this point in the season. I, I love uh, Burrow for everything he does, and you know he's just you know just a savage. But yeah. um, Herbert can definitely make bigger plays happen with lesser talent on that team, and um, it's the same comparison. The Bengals secondary is just bad. It's just really bad. It's not about stopping the run. Stopping the run, being bad at stopping the run allows more plays for your defense to stop them more. Being bad in your secondary could just end that drive right there. And that's what the Bengals suck at. And that's that's, a, that's one of the biggest reasons for losing so many games is their secondary is just poor. They lost to the Jets. They lost because, you know, teams exploited that deepness. Um, so I would like to see what they can do. But unfortunately, like Den- beating Denver, I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Denver's defense is really good. And then you got to beat Baltimore. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, Baltimore's weird, but they're still top of the division and yeah. it's you know ravens compared to uh bengals just historically it's just like they're like children compared to the ravens so and then they play the chiefs after that and they might beat out cleveland but yeah i would love to see i would love to say the bengals are contenders but at this point just looking at historically and the bad defense i'm gonna go with uh con- pretenders. pretenders because there's other teams on this list that i feel like could get that label instead of them yeah right below that broncos also seven and six yeah i'm gonna call them contenders I, I'm going to call them contenders. They're, yeah. they're just like all these other teams. Like I have, a, I have a formula for succeeding in the playoffs, and that's having a really good run game and having a really good defense. And those teams give you an opportunity no matter what, right? Um, Broncos, they've beaten a lot of good teams. They, they, they've shown us. I've called them pretenders more than anybody else the first half of the season. You know, they were just – they had easy schedule. They lost some weird games. But then they've come back showing that you can't stop their run and their defensive – secondary is for real right so i mean i'm not trying to like hype up the broncos but just versus like the Bengals, i will i will go ahead and call the bank uh, the broncos more of a contender than the Bengals. yeah for me it's it's either one or the other it's either Bengals are a contender and broncos aren't or broncos are and Bengals aren't i'm gonna say the broncos are pretenders um and uh, they also have a tough tough matchup remaining you know you got you got to beat the chargers you got to beat the chiefs and then you have to beat the Bengals. Um, to to be able to get into the wildcard position, and I don't think that you can really trust uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, although they do run the ball often, I don't think you can trust Teddy to win you games, um, win you three out of four games to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I I that's I think that's the biggest thing for me is I I really like Denver. I think they're a team that if they can sneak into the seventh spot, most teams won't want to face. Like you know, if they if the teams that are the second second seed or third seed had a choice to pick, I think the Broncos would be like la- one of the last ones on their list, just mm-hmm. because yeah, their defense is good. They run the ball. A, a hell of a lot, right? And Teddy Bridgewater typically protects the football. He doesn't make careless mistakes. And so you just give your team a chance when you don't make careless mistakes. And so for that reason, uh, they protect the football well and they run the ball well. They have two good running backs. I also think they're contenders. I actually think there's a situation where the Bills get kicked out of that playoff spot and the Broncos uh, can creep in. But but the Broncos have to play the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Bengals. So yeah. – um, it's not. It's it's going to be literally. If they get in the playoffs, they deserve to get in the playoffs because they proved yeah. it by beating really good teams. Right. Yeah. Or they show that they but, can't beat good teams. But of note, the Chiefs and the Chargers are their defense. Their uh, 
divisional matchups, yep. right? And Broncos usually have the upper hand on in that scenario. Yeah. Maybe not the Chiefs as of late, but just Chargers. historically. Yeah, historically. You know, it's like it's like us playing the Packers versus playing the Bears and the Lions. The if we are the uh, Broncos in this scenario, the Chargers are the Bears. Yep. Right. So like they're not really afraid of playing them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Uh, Steelers six six and one right below that. Yeah, definitely pretenders. It's it's going to be tough. I mean, even when we if we get to the playoffs, I mean that run game is so atrocious. A run defense is so atrocious. We just we I just I would love to see that for Big Ben if it's his last year, but I just don't see us um, having a strong enough defense to be in yeah. the playoffs. I mean, you do have the Browns and Ravens, and you just mentioned how you know close yeah. that division is, right, and right. Steelers are always in the thick of it up until the end, and that's because you guys take advantage of these Browns and Ravens games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Chiefs game, I don't see any way you guys are going to win that game. And Titans are weird Titans things. And, you know, and the problem is, even if you win all four of these games, will you, there's still a chance you might not make the playoffs, right? Like, Well, the if we win all four of the games, there's a strong chance that we actually make it because of the division. division oh, I see. Instead of one game back, or gotcha. one and a half game back. Right. Gotcha. I'm, I'm going to have to go with pretenders just because there's stronger teams out there. Like, I'm not really afraid of Big Ben like trying to come back on me, even though that just <laughs> happened. <laughs> yeah. Second hardest schedule remaining yeah. defense. I mean, it, it's tough to play this game the week after that we saw what that defense looked like. So it's just, how are we going to call them contenders when Dalvin cook literally had running lanes? Like the three of us combined could probably run <laughs> through together. So, um, for that reason, they're pretenders to me. Um, you know, right below that, you know, really, really long shot at six and seven, you have the Raiders and you have the dolphins Raiders, Pretenders. Yeah. I got nothing good to say about them. Yeah. They suck. Pretenders. They're just pretenders. But the Dolphins, you bring up a really good one here. I think this team could beat any of these teams ahead of them at, at the rate they're playing. You did mention they have had a pretty easy schedule coming mm-hmm. up. But the, the the rate at their blitzing is on it's an insane. This is the same rate that the um what's it called? The Ravens typically blitz at, but they're like two percentages higher. Wow. So like that feared defense that we think of when we think of the Ravens is because of the insane amount of times they blitz the ball. And mm-hmm. And the Dolphins are using that same formula, and they've won, like, how many games in a row now? Like, five? Five. So it's hard to call a team that's won five <laughs> straight games as pretenders. Um, and they're, the problem is COVID's decimated their running back situation, but they do get two running backs back, and this is not really a team that relies on their running back that much. So I'm just excited. This this team is fun to watch uh, just because there's a lot going on, and Devontae Par- Parker seems like he's back for the first time in, you know, back-to-back games. We get to see him back-to-back games, which hasn't happened uh, that well so yeah i'm, I'm gonna call them uh, contenders yeah they seem like they're so far back when they're only really one game back of yeah. all of the uh teams that are here seven and six and they're six and seven yeah. uh, i'm gonna say that they are pretenders because i still feel like it's gonna be a tough stretch but they've got really good they've got a good opportunity i mean they play jets then then they play the saints and then titans i mean, after and then the Patriots fall on that, but those first three games I think are teams that they can definitely beat. So um, I mean, it's, there's a strong chance, but I'm just gonna go on the side of saying Miami Dolphins don't aren't don't just don't aren't able to do that. Okay. Yeah, so I, I'm I am also gonna say pretender just because I'm still not convinced of Tua. Yeah, but you bring up a really good point schedule wise, right? The hardest game they get last, and if that time the Patriots have already locked up the, the first round by or number one seed, mm-hmm. Miami has a really legitimate shot to run the table, yep. right? So if they run the table and if they're ten and seven, I mean, there's a really, really good chance they're in the playoffs. So um, this team controls their own destiny, even though they're six and seven, right? So um, this will be really, really interesting to see. The schedule plays in their favor. You got to beat the Jets. You got to beat the Saints. 
Titans are up in the air. They have a lot of injuries, so they can be beat. And then the Patriots, you could just luck into a situation where the Patriots just rest their guys. So yeah. uh, that'll be interesting to see. Let's kick it over to the NFC real quick, guys. We have the Rams at the fifth seed right now. Uh, they're I don't know if that changed, actually, because they won yesterday. My bad. So the Rams Rams actually won yesterday. Did that change the seeding think, at all? Uh, yeah, I think uh, the Cardinals are no longer number one. So Yeah, so that changed that. But are the Rams still— They I think should the Rams, still be number one in their— in the wild card contention. Yeah, so the, the Rams, yeah, they're the Rams. nine and four, but they are still fifth seed, so they're still the number one wild card spot. Uh, I mean, at this point, they're nine and four, so I, I would say they're a contender. There's yeah. really no question. I mean, they definitely have holes, right? Don't get me wrong. This was their first or second big win of the season, so all the rest of their games have been against easy teams, and all their losses have been against tough teams, but they do. They, I mean, they have star players on defense that are big, big, you know, you know, game-changing players, and then their offense is really, really good. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to Matthew Stafford. Um, can he come through in the clutch? But to me, they're contenders. Yeah, yeah. Um, they get to play Seattle next week. They're probably going to beat them. They play us. Hopefully we get the Lions-Stafford that day because we have his number. Uh, and then Baltimore and San Francisco. These aren't easy games. All four of these games are pretty, uh, you know, it's anybody's game really. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are getting together. You know, they've lost four, three straight games, and then they got a bye week to figure this out. OBJ is getting more um, targets. Uh, Von Miller's getting more snaps. They're kind of like all these players they've kind of like assembled are finally getting to play more and they're figuring each other out. So even if they don't win all these games or they sneak into the playoffs, they're still contenders. How can you, how can you call a team like this? The pretend pretenders, you know? Um, but like, you know, we're only doing the wild card thing. If we were, counting the rest of the playoff teams as well, I do agree that they're not as good as a lot of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Contenders. Contenders. For sure. Yeah. Uh, San Francisco, six seed right now, seven and six. Contender, pretender. San Francisco are big-time contenders. They've got a great run offense, and then I think their defense is good enough for them to be able to, um, you know, keep up with uh, strong defensives like we saw, or strong offenses like we saw with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely contenders of the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. Good. No, go you go ahead. Contender. I think contender. The run game's insane. If Elijah Mitchell's healthy, like I, I don't know how they get it done, but they get the job done running the ball. Uh almost it looks like every game. It doesn't matter who's back there. And Kittle emergence, insane. Debo Samuel's a huge X factor. Huge. I mean, think about this. They haven't even scratched the surface of how often they can get Debo Samuel the ball, right? Yeah. They're winning. And Debo Sammy had one catch. Like, imagine in a situation where it's like, okay, guys, we're in the playoffs. Every game is must win. Let's actually give the guy that is insane the ball a little bit more times. We don't know what that limit looks like. And I, and I do not want to mess with this team. So to me, yeah. they are absolutely contenders. The only situation with them is they are 7-6, and six, so there is a chance they could still go 2-2 two and two and make the playoffs. They have two really easy games, Texans and Falcons. Uh, not really easy with the Falcons, but easy enough. And then they do have the Rams and the Titans. So I feel like... They could split two and two as yeah. like a very average way to get in the playoffs, or if they do sneak a third win between the Rams and the Titans, then they're absolutely in. But I want no part of the 49ers. They are absolutely contenders. Yeah, I have nothing more to add. Yeah. And then Washington football team. Now they are still the seven seed despite losing, but they're sitting six and seven. Contender, pretender. This is a tough one. I feel like it's either between, like, either you, it's between them and Eagles. I'm going to say pretender because. They had the chance of going and, and beating the Cowboys last game, um, and they just weren't able to do that. Their defense, what we talked about, was kind of been what's been stepping up. Didn't really until the fourth quarter at towards the end. Um, so for me, they're they're pretenders. Yeah, this is the Dolphins situation for me, but they're just not as good as the Dolphins. Um, something about them is just not clicking. They're, they're winning games. They're like fighting. They're figuring out ways to scratch the games and make it work. But this is still not a team I'm afraid of, right? Like there's other teams on this list. 
Um, like the 49ers, like the Rams. Um, and if we're talking about the seventh seed, they, they're probably the best out of the seventh seed since, uh, situation going on right now. But the teams like the Saints that still have such a good defense, and if you know, if uh, homeboy Taysom, is, Hill. Taysom Hill can figure out how to throw the ball by by the time playoff starts, that team alone, if Taysom Hill doesn't make mistakes, is still better than the Washington football team. And don't forget the Vikings, which we're going to talk about next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Washington football team, I think this this game was the, you know, act like you belong game. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, the it doesn't matter how it played out. They needed to win this game, and they, because they didn't, now that three-game division gap, now they're 6-7. and seven. Heineke's hobbling. McLaurin's got a concussion. Gibson can't run the football. You know, how much can you really yeah. just rely on your defense that also in the first half of the season was really bad? Yeah. So they had this insane momentum to where if they beat the Cowboys, our vision of the football team would all of a sudden be so different. Yeah. But right. uh, because of that loss, I think they are going to fall. I think they're going to slide. There are other teams, like you talked about, below them that I think are much more contenders. So I echo that. I think they're pretenders. Um, next game on the board, our Minnesota Vikings 6-7. and seven. Oh, man, you go first. I'm going to say pretender, and the reason I'm going to say pretender is because it's a very tough schedule looking at this. You guys have to uh, – you play the Bears twice. Um, you play the Rams, and you play the Packers as well. I mean, the two that stands out to me is the Rams and Packers. It's going to be a very tough. Um, Rams, are, I'm, I'm sure you guys agree, are, are, are beatable. Um, but whether or not you guys get the job done is between, you know, whether you guys are pretender or contender, contenders. So I'm going to say pretender. Yeah, I think you're bringing up a good point, right? Um, I want to believe the Vikings are contenders, but let's look at it like logically. They play the Packers one more time, and they already beat the Packers once. We pretty much never sweep the Packers, right? Divisionally, that's just really tough to do. Even Chicago, we play them twice. They're bad, but we suck at Soldier Field. And divisional game, you typically, it's hard to sweep unless they're the Lions. And then again, the Rams are good. The Rams are beatable, but our Achilles is our defense, and it's scary to... Oh, like, God. think about how we could possibly control those receivers. Like, right. it, it gives me nightmares. So, yeah, our schedule does not help us whatsoever. Um, if we had already lost to the Packers, I might also look at this a little bit differently. But we won the big game against the Packers already. So, unless they're resting their guys, um, which I don't think it's going to be late enough in the season for that to happen, um, I unfortunately also think we're pretenders. Yeah, no, no, we're definitely pretenders. What are you talking about? Like, why is this even a debate? Like, we, we lose against the shittiest teams. We beat some good teams. We keep games close. Like, these aren't the marks of a good team. These are the marks of a team that just doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And not, not and like, even though, the like, out of this list, I would still consider our offense the most 100% out of all this list, offense besides, yeah. besides the chargers maybe but we beat the chargers so what like what now but like you know that's not what wins games you know offense can do all you want but we've seen how how important defense is and we've seen how important schedule is like washington football team and the eagles play each other only for the rest of the year yeah. like they only play within the division yeah. right and that division sucks ass yep. meanwhile we're playing green bay and the rams and chicago twice like that's a, that's a one in three looking schedule yeah so just from a schedule standpoint and uh from how these other teams schedules look like i think the eagles and washington football team have a better chance of sneaking out that seven seed unless something changes on defense and the defense starts allowing like 10 points a game this is, we're not making the playoffs yeah uh, you talked about them. Eagles are right under us. They're six and seven. All of their games are within the division. Contender, pretender, pretender. Yeah, because I, I just, it's, it's going to be tough to beat the Cowboys again, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, to beat the Washington twice. I feel like that, that's also a split. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they beat the Giants. So it's going to be, like, it's going to be two and two. Um, and whether or not you know what, uh, eight and nine yeah. gets you to the, 
playoffs? I, I don't think it does. So, yeah. no, I'm going to say a pretender for the Eagles as well. Yeah, their schedule is identical to the Vikings. Their situation is identical to the Vikings. They yeah. still have one divisional team that they have to play twice, right? It's hard to sweep those. Yeah. And then they have a divisional team that's the best team in the division that they've already beat. Yeah. So, chances <laughs> are they're going to lose this one. It's the same thing. It's almost literally identical, except yeah. that their only other game is against another divisional opponent that sucks and we play the Rams. But just schedule-wise, it's going to be very, yeah. very difficult for them. For that reason, I also think they're pretenders. Yeah, check out the g- games they've won, okay? They beat the Falcons. They mm-hmm. beat the Panthers. They beat the Lions. They beat the Broncos. They beat the New Orleans Saints, and they beat the Jets. That's that, I can beat those teams. I can beat <laughs> yeah. those teams on Madden, right? <laughs> like that's not a very impressive resume. Yeah. And they're they just came. They're coming out of a bye week with their star quarterback injured. I don't know how the chemistry is going to work there. And you know, I, I I don't I don't like I don't like this. I don't like the situation. It'd be impressive to see them coming out of a bye and just turning into like this powerhouse. But uh, as much as, as many weapons as they have and as weird of a football style they use, I don't see them making the playoffs either. Falcons six and seven, pretenders. So, have you called all three of the teams currently in the seed all uh, contenders? Pretender. I've called all. I've called Washington Football Team pretender, Vikings, Eagles, and Falcons pretenders. So, who you who you think is gonna make the playoffs? The Saints. The, the Saints. Oh, okay, yeah, okay, okay. I'm just looking at their schedule. Uh, I feel like the Saints have the best opportunity okay. than all of the. Yeah, Falcons. I'm gonna say pretender. I just don't feel like that uh, team. It's very inconsistent, yeah. and they're they're gonna have to win more games and lose games, and I just don't think they will be uh, able to do that in the next four games. Yeah, I mean, you look at this grouping, and it's just to me, anyways. I'm like, which one's the odd one out? And it just seems like Atlanta, unfortunately. Like they have six wins, but their six wins are all against really, really even worse teams than the Eagles' six wins, yeah. right? right? So it's just like, dude, you haven't beat a good team all yeah, year. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. Giants, yeah. Jets. Miami, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Carolina. Yeah, it can't get worse yeah, than that. Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're pretenders. They're just we already know this. Like it's funny. It's fun to see them like compete in games, but at yeah. the end of the day, like you're not going anywhere. Yeah. So th- th- that brings up a great point. The last two teams we just talked about, the Eagles and the Falcons, both of them had one victory that was the same. You know what was? The next team on the board the that you claim is a contender, the, the Saints. Saints at six and seven. Oh wow! Yeah. So they already beat the both the, those teams have beat the beat Saints, the which means they own the tiebreaker. Yeah, head to head. Oh wow! Okay, them that's gonna make it pretty tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Saints. Well, the Saints play the Falcons again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess they, they got don't, Carolina still. They got Miami still. They got Miami. Yeah. So looking at the Buccaneers is gonna be a tough matchup. Yep. Right. But you've got Dolphins, Panthers, and Falcons. Mm-hmm. If you can finish it, finish three and one at the end of the season. Nine and eight. Nine and eight could get you in. I, yeah, I, I mean, it's a good so. chance it could get you. Right. In. That's that's what I'm looking at. I'm not. I'm not sure where you guys are getting all this Saints energy from, but they were on a five-game losing streak before they just beat the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. They're still a shitty team. Yeah, and Taysom like, Hill's their quarterback. And Taysom Hill's a quarterback. Like I don't like Miami. I don't know why we're still forgetting that they're on a five-game winning streak, not on a five-game losing streak. I wouldn't overlook the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I would not overlook Miami, and I wouldn't overlook the Falcons to win a game like this uh, simply because they've already beat them before. Carolina, they might beat them, and their defense is good, but. I also don't see them going far. Like, can you see the Falcons keeping up with the Rams? Or sorry, the Saints keeping up with the Rams? Can you see the Saints keeping up with 49ers? I don't know. I don't think I yeah. can. I'm going to call the Saints pretenders. And I'm going to uh, – the other team, that uh, Washington football team, will be my uh, contender to make that last It kind of just shows you how open the seven seed yeah. is. Yeah, though. dude, this is it's wide, wide open. open. I mean, we, the Seahawks aren't the even Seahawks, done. Right. Oh, don't, don't jump the gun. <laughs> so the Panthers are 5-8. and eight. I think we can all agree in unison yes. they're pretenders. Yes, yes. Yeah. My contender – Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks run the table nine and eight make the playoffs. Oh wow! 
Yeah. They have to beat the Rams next week, right? They have to beat the Rams next week. But they get the Bears, they get the Lions, and I think they end with Arizona. Oh, wow. Do they end with Arizona? I don't know. They end with Arizona. Yeah, and, and at that point. week. Yeah. Or like resting players, right? Right. right. So right. you beat the Rams next week, all of a sudden Seattle runs the table. Playoffs. Okay. But they got to beat the Rams. Yeah, they got to beat the Rams. That's it. Next week is a must win, but if they win next week, everything is in their hands. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree with that. We'll scary. see. It's, it is. Yeah. And, and you don't want Russell Wilson getting you better really don't. You, as the seventh seed, right. plain spoiler. It's all about their defense for yep. me. It's all about their defense for me. I know you had some faith on their defense starting them against the Texans. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'm as, I'm as optimistic as this defense. I still think it's like the third or the fourth worst defense in the league. But we have seen this offensive firepower. I told you 30, 30 points back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they can beat the Rams, but that would be really cool to see. That'd and it's really a, cool it is a see. divisional matchup, yeah. right? So t- on paper, yes, Rams should be way better. Division game, everything gets thrown out the window. So, yeah. yes, upset the Rams and then run the table. Uh, I think Seattle has – has like, we just went through this list, guys. Washington, I don't think, has it. The Vikings' schedule is tough. Eagles' schedule is tough. Falcons aren't good. Saints literally lost to the two teams above them that aren't good. Panthers are out of it. Like, Seattle has a really, really big outside shot looking in to make this playoff team. They've already played the Rams. They lost against the Rams. Uh, I think it was like a Thursday night football game. Um, So, you know, you've already played them once. You can use that kind of to um, prep for the next game. For sure. They could definitely beat the Rams. But they could also be the team to lose to the Lions yep. for the second time. Yep. So these are like it's it's very much up for grabs. Like it yeah. could go either way. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I I just want it from a Russell Wilson fan perspective. I kind of want to see this happen. That'd be wild. Um, but I, I mean, if we're if we're gonna be like, um, then I'd rather just pick the Vikings in the seventh seed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What's funny is we went th- we went through this segment, and I'm like, none of these guys are gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, they <laughs> suck. The seventh seed, dude. Compare the AFC. Yeah, the seventh seed's ass in the NFC. The AFC is so insanely talented. But this is the fun. This is like when you do the March Madness and like the Cinderella teams. Yeah. Comes. Yes. There's oh, yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven possible Cinderella teams right now. This is wild. That, I mean, that's it. That's that's the playoff contender, pretender. I mean, this is still four weeks away. So every week, this is just slowly going to shuffle yeah. up and down. Uh, things are going to change. We'll try to kind of touch on this every recap episode that we do from here on out. Uh, let's end the episode re- or previewing Thursday Night Football since we're going to record next on Friday. Thursday, we're going to see Spider-Man. Uh, I'm still on board with just turning everything off, recording the game, and then watching it once we yeah, get home. Yeah, as long as everybody's on board. Yeah. Or or if Shovet's not on board, he just does not say anything to either of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's but, probably what will happen. Yeah, I figured. Um, <laughs> so that means the Chiefs are going to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Chiefs are 9-4. and four. L.A. is 8-5. and five. Chiefs on the road, favored by three, over under 52. Now, these two teams already played in week three. The Chargers won 30-24. to 24. It was a big game for Herbert. He had four touchdowns. That was when Mike Williams was kind of on an insane tear, seven for 122 and two touchdowns. And Patty Mahomes was doing the thing where he was getting unlucky and throwing a lot of interceptions. So he had two interceptions this game. Those were the differences in why the Chargers won by six. Rematch game. It is in L.A. What do you guys see? Yeah, rematch game, and this time around, the Kansas City Chiefs are a whole, are a whole different team than what the Chargers or what they were in the beginning of the season. And uh, in some respect, the Chargers are also a different team. What we have figured out their flaws on defense, and I'm sort of that sure that uh, Kansas City has also figured that out. So, uh, just looking at this, um, you know, I, I feel like Chiefs should win this game. Uh, although it is in Los Angeles, um, they're they're on this what five game winning streak, and uh, they they just seem very. Um, difficult to stop on the running game and if that can kind of continue like it did last week then Patrick Mahomes should be able to beat this yeah w- without 
turnovers, this game is already over for me. Like, without turnovers. If, if the Chiefs, because they move the ball, right? We've been talking about that every freaking week. They don't have problems moving the ball with all these drops, with all these other problems, and they're even, like, running the ball more. Yet, they still find ways to just move. They're always moving. They're mm-hmm. never stopped. Nobody ever really stops them unless they turn the ball over. And the turning the ball over is usually the like the three out of the eight picks. How many picks is I don't know. So the good amount is drops. all on Tyreek Hill. Yeah. They're all Tyreek Hill drops. So uh, I feel like those are avoidable as long as that doesn't happen. As long as they don't turn the ball over. I don't see how this late into the season, like I would call the Chiefs a Super Bowl favorite right now. And I, I just talked about how the Chargers have so many holes on defense. This could be a high-scoring game. This will probably very well be a high-scoring game. But this will also tell us if the Chiefs' defense is for real. Because, like, you know, they're, they've had, like, a four-game stretch of just playing lights out, like 10 points allowed-ish. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see a game that – I would love to see a team that can, you know, hold a Chargers offense to that amount of points. Like, I can't even fathom that right now. So this is going to be a very interesting game to watch for me. And I think it's 11 interceptions and six drops are because of – Receivers? Yeah. Or six interceptions are because of the six drops. Gotcha. So I, I also looked it up, but mine says 12 on ESPN. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> well, my this I'm just looking at the uh, date. This says December second on Google, so you might be a little. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So he's got 12 interceptions this okay. year. Um, but yeah, um, I'm with you. The mat- matchup wise, this does not bode well for the Chargers. The Chargers have beat up on bad teams that play bad defense, and Herbert struggled against good teams that play good defense. Right. If Keenan Allen is still out, that's that's a big big weapon for them that they need to have in a big game here. Um, and the Chiefs' defense has been insane the last five weeks. So um, the, the the doubts that we've had with the Chargers not playing good games against good defenses creeps back up here, not to mention the Chargers can't stop the run. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is healthy, and they're still kind of getting Daryl Williams involved. Even right. fucking Gore had a big run there. So if they're really hell-bent on running the football and the Chargers literally can't stop yeah, the run. They are. They are hell-bent on running the yeah, football. Yeah, I mean, the matchup, it just does not favor the Chargers. Um, I mean, we'd have to see some really outlandish shit for the, yeah. city, for the Chargers. Dude, I'm the in. biggest Chargers fan on the planet that day because I'm playing against Patrick Mahomes in yeah. two leagues yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's do this, Chargers. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Herbie Herbert, lead <laughs> me to victory here. Um, that's it, guys. That is Thursday Night Football in a nutshell. Big fucking jam-packed episode. Thank you guys for sticking with us. Um yeah, I mean, this is only going to get wilder for the last three, four weeks, guys. So Yeah, we'll uh, come up with some more fun uh, yeah. segments. Yeah, again, appreciate you guys sticking in. You guys got any last-minute words? Good luck on fantasy playoffs. Yeah, good luck yeah. to each one of you guys, fantasy playoffs. If you guys, you know, give a shit or not, I play Shovit this week in our first-round <laughs> matchup. Uh, Shishot plays Sundish in our fir- in the first-round matchup. So uh, third seed versus sixth seed, four, uh, fourth seed versus fifth seed. Yep. So a lot of in-house games going on <laughs> um, that's going to help decide the next couple of weeks. So. Um, you know, we will be at each other's throats from time to time, but oh, yeah. it's all out of love. Bring it yeah. on. All out of just love. Just don't give up too early. Yeah. Just just <laughs> don't say GG's before the game is actually over. So um that's it, guys. Episode twenty eight. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. We're the only playbook. We'll see you guys on Friday. <laughs>